welcome back to Poems and Whiskey. I'm Michael, and if you're new here, uh, this talk show is where I talk to other creatives about uh, what they are and who they are and what they do. My enabler tonight is Caroline. It's Ready, right? Caroline yes. Ready? Hi. Okay. Yeah, this is Caroline Ready. <laughs> Caroline, why don't you tell, tell everybody, our, our loyal 9 to 15 listeners, uh, <laughs> who you are? Who I am. Okay, so I am Caroline Ready. Uh, I was born in Shiraz, Iran, to a Ghanaian father and an Iranian mother. And I have a Caroline... I grew up Anglican, so that's my uh, more English name, I guess. (laughs) And I, so for my, most of my childhood, I don't really remember it because I was, it was during the war in Iran. And then we moved to France, Paris, France for about a month. And then we moved to the States and I've been a New Yorker ever since then. All right. Welcome back to Poems and Whiskey. I'm Michael, and if you're new here, uh, this weird little talk show is where I talk to other creatives about uh, what they are and who they are and what they do. My enabler tonight is Caroline. It's Ready, right? Caroline yes. Ready? Hi. Okay. Yeah, I it's Caroline Ready. <laughs> Caroline, why don't you tell, tell everybody, our, our loyal 9 to 15 listeners, uh, <laughs> who you are? Who I am. Okay, so I am Caroline Ready. Uh, I was born in Shiraz, Iran, to a Ghanaian father and an Iranian mother. And I have a Caroline, I I grew up Anglican, so that's my uh, more English name, I guess. (laughs) And I, so for my, most of my childhood, I don't really remember it because I was, it was during the war in Iran. And then we moved to France, Paris, France for about a month. And then we moved to the States and I've been a New Yorker ever since then. Um, I've been always a weird, like nerdy, artsy kid. I think I just grew up like, you know, I grew up in the 90s. So like I, I watched Daria, listened to Nirvana. I was one of those weird kids with like pink or blue hair. Um, I'm sorry. I said hard same. Yes. I was just, yeah. you know, always weird, always in my own little world, always like drawing or making up stories. And I, um, as a kid, I grew up reading a lot of um, horror books, somehow horror uh, to me. Like, yeah, I read like yeah. a lot of, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was obsessed with um, Stephen King and Robert R. Oh. McGammon. They were like my gods, you know, and I loved uh, Peter S. Beagle's The Last Unicorn. That was one of my favorite books. As a kid, I just always was drawing or writing little stories and, you know, and and teenager was always reading. My head was always in books. I couldn't care about school. I was not a great student. (laughs) I was really one of those like weird kids just sat in the corner and just made faces at everyone. Like, what the hell am I doing here? (laughs) That's that's how like, so when I, you know, when I went to college, I I, um, try to be normal. (laughs) I try to just, I really did because I was like, all right. Let it work out for you. Huh. It really didn't because it bit me in the ass. I, you know, I went to a very cool, normal school. A very, I went, I went to a very mainstream school too. It was um, Palm High School. Um, I was not athletic at all, and this was a school where, like, my entire, I felt like my entire class was really smart and really athletic. Mm. And I didn't, I wasn't wise enough to know that I had my own 
like abilities as a creative person I couldn't really uh, understand that even though I, I was I did win like a writing contest I think my senior year I won a won hundred bucks the sad thing is I have not made that much money since then. <laughs> like, I won like a third place contest um so that I was, was that, yeah that was like wow this is great and I didn't know that it was going to be downhill, downhill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like okay this is great and then I guess at, in college I just tried to do the normal thing I you know I, I joined a bunch of clubs I tried to um just try to fit in and at some point I think when I was about 30 I I, I my life has always been Hey, I always want to be a writer, but how? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Through everything, like I never really wanted to be a teacher, and I kind of felt that like that was my path because okay, I could write this summer and I'll have. But I hated teaching, to be honest. I absolutely hated it. <laughs> I hated it again. I was like, and I felt like I was this weird. I felt like weird. I was back in high school, yeah. you know, like this weird person that just wanted to be left alone, right? Do my writing. Why do I have to like interact with people or why do I? I just right. never really felt in my life that I quite fit in anywhere. So yeah. at some point, I was having. I was always having a, like existential crisis. I never really knew what the heck. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing here. What is life about? I want to be a writer. Why do I have to like get regular jobs? What the the hell is this? This is bullshit. Like, why can't I just do what I love and get paid for it? How do people do this? So that was good fucking question. Still wondering how the fuck the people do this. I I think I'm slowly figuring it out, but it's, it's so what happened to me is I was having an existential crisis and most people, I don't know, they go drink or I, what did I do? I was a nerdy, weird, like philosophical, philosophical kid i joined a zen center at like 30 yeah you so, did, yeah, I did. <laughs> I started to, <laughs> that was my that was my introduction to like okay life and moment living by the moment and i just i yeah. learned a lot yeah i learned a lot in my zen center and i i still stuck by it empty hand zen center in your show um for gosh, years and when my teachers died it was really hard I yeah. um, got out of practice. I stopped meditating because I was. Mm. I think that was the first time because it was a meditation center. Of course, a lot of creatives were there. Right, so I think right. that was the first time where I felt a sense of family, community, people I could talk to about philosophical questions I had, people that um, engaged with me in the way I felt like I needed to be engaged with. Before that, I, I didn't have much of that. I did yeah. go to art school for like a semester, but even there, um, I didn't really feel like I, I quite fit in. Yeah. So when I was about 30, I went to the Zen Center and I, this is where I felt like, oh my gosh, these people get me. I, I get them. I, I, I kind of think I know what this thing life is about a little bit now. Um, and, but I was still always like struggling with, with teaching. I just didn't really feel it. I wasn't, you know, loving it at all. And I, I struggled through teaching a lot of my life. And then I finally left. I finally mm-hmm. left teaching after I don't know how many years. I was a teacher, a librarian. Um, I took a year off to figure out what to do. And around that time, I was writing this story. It was the story for seven years. I was writing about the, about kind of like an autobiographical fictional story about a girl who's trying to find a way it just was not going anywhere when yeah. i tell you it was not going anywhere i was stuck with this story for seven when i told john i told john confidence he was like girl why'd you seven years of your life <laughs> and he's blonde he doesn't play around he'll just tell you right. like what the fuck were you doing with that shit like, I was like so for seven 
years. I just was trying to write this book, this book. And a friend of mine said, look, this isn't getting you anywhere. What are you going to do? And this was around like COVID. I Uh was struggling through a relationship that I'm no longer in. That's a whole other story. That will be the other half. (laughs) (laughs) I have some poems about that. if you So it was through COVID. I, I ended up having some more space in my life. So I, I had a couple of poems, you know, I just, yeah. I, and I'd done a lot of, um, I'd done a lot of readings in the city and I, I, I was part of a group called Immigrants in Exile. That was another place where I felt like home because this was a place of like outcasts, people that were gay, people that were immigrants, people that yeah. were artists. This was, this was an amazing group of people, Immigrants in Exile, but that group fell apart. The, the person that created it left, um, the and she was Iranian. She's a wonderful woman. Um, Alahe Farmand was her name. So mm-hmm. she left for like I think Boston or something. So that group fell apart. And then once again, I felt like oh, you know. And there was there was a Iranian um, cafe in the city, Cafe Nadari, and that place closed. So all these little places that I had, whether it was the Zen Center or Cafe Nadari or um, the Immigrants Ex- Exile, they all kind of either faded or like people died or moved. Or yeah. it was just again, I was kind of feeling isolated. And again, I try to be normal. Right, and again, right. I did not learn that you cannot just be normal if you're creative. Not that you can't be normal. You just you need more creative people in your life. You need to like yeah, yeah. be around people that speak your language in a way. Um, so I guess I, I I finally got like a normal job. Quote: I became a librarian, regular librarian, mm-hmm. in a regular like library, White Plains Public Library. I still struggled through that a lot for different reasons, and I, I don't want to go too much into it. Uh, but what happened during COVID was that I, after I gave up on the novel that I was trying to write forever, I had written a few poems that I'd read different places, and I was like, mm-hmm. all right, let me just, you know, I've re- written a couple of poems. People responded well to this. Let me just send a couple out see what happens when i tell you that the universe is bizarre and sometimes just <laughs> tells you like what the hell were you thinking and doing with all your life why didn't you just listen to me the way you know i yeah i yeah, sent I'm familiar. I'm familiar. out and it got rejected once it got accepted a second time then it was nominated for best in the net holy shit i kid you not <laughs> bam, okay. bam 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 two years ago and when i tell you my writing career like started taking off a little bit i published 40 poems in two years wow. that had never had I, I never been able to publish i could never find my way in this little creative world yeah and it wasn't until i started writing poetry that i was able to find my voice find my purpose find a way to express all these things that i wanted to express every theme every issue every pain every joy everything that i ever felt that i was trying to write through this novel for seven years just started boom boom coming out of no i don't even know and i got every time i got because i got rejected a lot like yeah, one, yeah, magazine yeah. Was like, one magazine i don't want to see which one <laughs> I mean, you can. You, can. you know what? The funny thing is, I don't even remember it. There was one magazine was like, "You want me to pay for this shit?" Oh like, my god! Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Never Damn. Mind. Yeah. All right. So, like, I want people to know the forty acceptances are over. Like, you know, people think, "Oh my god, that's amazing," but they don't know how many rejections. Rejections got. you got in the meantime. <laughs> so, like, yeah. When I went back and looked at uh, submittable. I think at over 200, I had sent out 200 
different you know queries or whatever and yeah. some of them i had to withdraw so let's say about 150 i don't know how many they were but there was a lot of things that i set out and my my goal was whenever i got a rejection i would work mm-hmm. on a couple poems i would send out three or four because usually three or four poems in a series they would want to publish i would get like a bunch of rejections and i would just send that many out so if i got like let's say i got five rejections in a week i would send five out again that was my rule just send them out send them out and that's i think that was key and actually um so the book I'm reading, Big Magic, by um, the woman that wrote Eat, Play, Pray, Love, and that was ah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was her technique too. She said, "You know what? I got a rejection. Boom! I just sent it right back, saying, you know what? You're gonna hit me. I'm gonna hit you back.' You know. So that was something that really helped me just kind of stay disciplined and just keep sending things out after rejection, after rejection, and after a couple of months. And, you know, what happens is that after all these rejections, slowly people are like, oh, she's been published here, here and here. Maybe she's interesting. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then boom, boom, boom. You take a step. The universe takes a step and so forth. And that's yeah. I think that's how. And here I am. And I Not met a, John and God. You, what you want, uh, what you what you seek is seeking you back. Uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then I met John and boom, the entire world. <laughs> he's like, ah, I know you and I know you. I'm going to connect you all. And like, it was he's just, really. Yeah. He's, uh, for, uh, did you mention his name earlier? I don't John know. John Compton, yes. Yeah, but John, we're talking about John Compton. Go he was the... and stalk him. He will love you. This, yeah. I'm sorry, John. I'll, I got it. <laughs> Go find this man. He's quirky. He's wonderful. He will edit your your poetry until you cry. But he's worth getting to know. Go find he him. He really and is. Him. <laughs> uh, he was the he was the first. <laughs> nope. Sorry. He was the second guest of the show. Katrina, don't kill me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was he was my second guest uh and he um <laughs> i had so many problems in the early days with the recording oh, and it no. was a goddamn mess and bless this man's heart he came back uh several times to help me that oh, that's, <laughs> I, I love this man i mean he's almost had me in tears <laughs> Because <laughs> now he's my editor, and he'll be like, "Girl, I'm telling you, this ain't working." And then I'll be like, I, "You know what? Half the time, most of the time, he's right." I'll go get like sulking the corner, like what the fuck is going on, and I'll look yeah. at it, and I'm like, "You know what?" And I'll look at it, and I'll change it. I'm like, "Damn, he was right." Damn it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, he's just been he, the kind of person he is. Um, so I have been around a lot of different artists and a lot of artists are very self-centered about their art and their way and me 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 and i i am the opposite of that i really want to create like a sacred space and want a community and he had the same philosophies i did so for his book um the castrations of a minor god buy it get it it's wonderful i did a review for it it's oh. in a Tupelo quarterly review there's a review in it it doesn't have my name but i swore i wrote it i <laughs> <laughs> it seems like somebody else and i i actually emailed the editor they're like oh my gosh i'm so sorry and they change it but then when you go to my website and read this review yeah. at the end it says caroline reddy has been published and you know but at the top it doesn't have my name so i have to like uh-huh. fix that again yeah. but um so when i when i when he did his book launch he invited a bunch of poems to read with him yeah. and not only that he was giving a shout out to other poems and books that they had which i've never like you know i've never been a part of that that was amazing to me yeah that was amazing and then i, um, I like i really enjoy that philosophy of just mm-hmm. the the general inclusion of it all instead of um other attitudes 
<laughs> out there. Yeah, yeah. I've been in other <laughs> art communities that I personally feel were very self-centered, very about them, 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 me, mm-hmm. me, me. Different places, different, you know, different races, different like every every artist that I've been around. The ones that I gravitate towards are the ones that want to share an experience and they're humble and they're creative and they want to share and create a mm-hmm. sharing space the ones i just don't do well with are the ones that are like me 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 look at me worship me i'm so awesome right, who right, are you right. like i just <laughs> no i walk away i'm like okay i'm done yeah, <laughs> yeah. i can't i can't deal with it. I've, I've met so many people that were like that and i'm just like yeah i'm not going to deal with you i'm sorry because you're just way too like into your own like it just yeah. to me yeah. it doesn't it doesn't feel like you're included and you don't it feels like your voice is being like kind of just silenced to me that's how it feels like I get it. Yeah. So that's been my person. And, um, oh, and so what happened is the past two years, I've been writing a lot. I got published in uh, magazines and John is always like, oh, you didn't write any poems this year. How many did you get published in? Like, stop complaining. Stop complaining about your rejections. Or like, you know what? You're right. Okay, I'll stop. So, and then what happened is um, I actually, oh, this is such a funny story. He's going to. This is what happened. I remember now. I really, <laughs> I got so many John stories. I'm sorry, John. I love you. Uh, I went to a reading. He he always invited me to you know the earlier. I don't know how long I've known him. It feels like forever. I don't know. Um, he's a gay man, but I feel like I'm married to him somehow. He lives in Kentucky. He's got a husband. And he's like you know the cranky old uh, spouse or something. I went to, a, to it's a lavender a, marriage. It's, all, it's, all it's good. very strange. Uh, I went to one of his readings. He was the first. I think one of them. He invited me, and I didn't really know him then, but I went to it, and he did his reading, and then the open mic started. And the open mic mm-hmm. started with this wonderful woman, Penny um, Theme from Valley Gallery. She's wonderful. If you Penny P E N N Y and T H I E M E. If you're a writer or a creative person and you want to share poetry, um, I, I say that to um, go to a Valley Gallery reading. And so I went to his reading and um, bless his soul, like a, a whole bunch of people, you know, up the open mic. I read my two or three poems and Penny was like, oh, my gosh, I want you on in February. I was like, what? And it was his reading. <laughs> At some point, John, I don't know when he logged off, but I felt kind of like, oh, my gosh, I hope I didn't like annoy him so i messaged him i'm like oh i'm so sorry that was your and i didn't really know him then i was like i'm so sorry that was your reading i'm sorry like you know i didn't want to take your and he was like oh girl i don't care good for you you know so then we just became really good friends and and he's been a pain in my butt ever since (laughs) so that's what that's what happened and then through penny through vala gallery i went through a bunch of other readings and um there was this guy on there kurt and he was an editor um, and I guess at some point this January, I sent him my manuscript and John had sent my manuscript out as well to people. Yeah. Um, and then I think I was home one of these days, you know, still trying to like get over my breakup. Um, this mm-hmm. is a whole other story. And I was sitting on the couch. I was getting really depressed. I don't know what happened. The phone rings. And it's like from... Um, to Texas, I, I forget where it was. It was just like, what do I know in this place? I right. pick it up, and it's like, hi, this is Kurt Lovelace. I read your manuscript. We want to publish you. I was like, holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> I was like, oh my god! I literally like, I my mouth was open. The phone was there. I was like, uh, what? 
<laughs> so I just got a contract with them with Perian Press, um, and I I will say they're wonderful. They're very very. Um, Kurt's great. Michael Sofranco's great. I read with them a few weeks ago. And the funny thing is, it was a lineup of all these Ivy League readers <laughs> that had like eight or nine books published, were like nominated for awards, had like taught at like top notch universities. And then when I was introduced, it was like, okay, she's working on her arms belt and like one I mean, I had some publishing credit, but I just felt but like, you didn't oh, have, like the like the same sort of like. I, no, bio up there like no and here's here's I'm working on my orange belt as a 45 year no car. I love that I love that I love that it's great oh. I think it's wonderful because you know I, it was it was wonderful of Kurt to do it that way I thought it was great um but he has a new voice and he said we wanted more of people like me that were in, I was only only person of color I was diverse uh, you know it was wonderful yeah, yeah, yeah. they were great they were very humble they're very nice but I just always felt like oh my gosh I'm reading with these people <laughs> like the editor of Pow Share magazine was there like what am I doing on the show people had like taught at Columbia and Harvard and Iowa State I was like what am I doing here it was just this and the whole weekend I was so yeah the whole weekend I was so so nervous because I was working (laughs) through that and I was also working the guts to ask someone that I like kind of out so it was like a very nervous like weekend that's a whole other story I want to hear that one too sure (laughs) I'm I'm hoping that this I mean I'm already embarrassed I I think this person already knows if he ever listens to this I'll be like oh my gosh I didn't know that Um, but yeah it was a great experience with Lip Balm and that was a couple weeks ago and it was it was it was very humbling to be reading all jokes aside it was very humbling to be yeah. reading with with these big top readers and editors i just was like well and when i talked to john he was like girl that is, that is you know people don't just get lip bulb like he was like you not people getting there he's probably thinking what the fuck are you He's like, and I was on the because you know he disappeared on me too, and yeah, I yeah, had yeah. a small little creative. I'll tell you about the creative. Um, I was in a little creative group. I had a meetup, but my Bima got yeah. bombed, and people weren't coming to it. So I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got rid of it, and I have a little creative group. Um, and I, it's it's on meetup. I'm not on meetup anymore, but it's my own Zoom account. And if yeah. people are oh, norm- really normal cool. and they're not going to come in and like I don't know display their penis on my show. <laughs> <laughs> They're welcome to come in because that's what happened. That costs extra, you know. Oh my I mean, god, that on. was oh, that was so horrible. I got zoom bombed and I was so sad. I cried after. That was a whole. Oh, that's, oh shit! Yeah, you really yeah. did get zoom bombed. Yeah, this was. Oh uh, my god! Yeah, and, that's and so I, bizarre. It was. You know what? It was the meetup that I started. Uh, around the time that my relationship wasn't really going where I wanted to, I was very lonely yeah. and I was at home a lot. And my life coach, I hired a life coach, was like, I can't figure out my shitty life. Can you figure it out for me? <laughs> so she would tell me what to do and I would do it. And, you know, so I, she was like, well, why don't you create a meetup? I'm like, who am I to create a meetup? So I did. And for a while, it was fine. It was very fun and fine and people would come in. And and then one time, there was a lot of people on it. And... and a co-worker of mine was on it from my oh, no. <laughs> and I was like oh shit so and I, I gave my speech of like this is a friendly atmosphere we want to hear like everybody's voice like right, if right, anyone right. you know acts up you're going to be thrown out and then 
moaning like whole thing like i i don't even want to go into detail it was so <laughs> embarrassing and i was like a deer in headlights i didn't know what to do <laughs> i should have just shut it down right away but i just i was so anxious and then i just finally shut it down i cried and then i called john john was like oh i was like john, it's an old lady she's not <laughs> We're locked out of poetry reading. John goes, John is circle. He was in the parking lot. I think he was with his husband. He's like, oh my lord, a penis. He's like, get over yourself. He's like, she's seen much. She's seen many penises. I can laugh about it now, but I was in so, I was so in so much pain about that. It's it's me. Like I was so angry and sad, and it took me a while to get over. It, yeah, I would be yeah, too. It was just like, you know, looking back on it. I mean, it's 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 a hilarious anecdote, but at the time, mortifying. It was Absolutely mortifying. mortifying. Yeah, and half of those people didn't come back. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah. Blame them, you know. And then I, I want to come back. <laughs> it's not there anymore. I got rid of it. <laughs> that was one of the reasons. I was like scared I would get Zoom bobbed again. And my poor coworker, I was like, no word to any. Like, no, I don't care. But at the time, it's like, no word to anyone. Like, I'm a children's librarian. Do I really need, like, you know, this to come out at work? So I know that wasn't my fault, but I kind of felt like responsible. Like, when you, I'm right, sure right, you right. feel the same way. If you hold a space and someone comes on, you feel like, oh my gosh, I got to make this person feel comfortable and all that. Right. Yes. So that's, that's why I felt bad. I felt like. You know, uh, but I don't know if you've ever had. Have you ever had anyone zoom bomb you? I have not oh, yet. God, it was horrible. <laughs> it's, it's horrible. <laughs> I can laugh at it now, but it was horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. But I, I created like a little meetup group. I had a little creative group. I forget where this is going. This had a point. But now I oh, uh, <laughs> oh shit! Where, um. <laughs> Oh, well, it, it, that's all right. We'll come back around to it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was bizarre. Yeah, I, I, I feel like when I started writing poetry and sending things out, things just started to fall into place in a way that yeah. it couldn't with any other. That novel was just not going anywhere. I was stuck. <laughs> and I had to clear out some rejections of my own. I had been rejected by some people that I thought were friends in a really mean way, like I got oh, yelled shit. at. Yeah, so I had a reading somewhere, and I don't want to say where, and I don't want to say who, because I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, I just felt really betrayed by this person, and they literally, like, also texted me or emailed messaged me i don't remember how yeah but they were just like never ever asked me to ever work with you again like it oh was my like oh yeah it was really bad so that took me five years to get over yeah that's that's so fucking brutal man yeah it was horrendous i was really sad about this because i thought this person was a friend i thought yeah um this person i i thought they were like a mentor to, like i was really really right. shaken up by this this was like years this was about five years ago or six or seven years ago and it took me five years to get over that because i'm a very sensitive person and i, <laughs> I, I did a, yeah i did a lot of like journaling and, I, and that was around the time i hired my life coach and we were talking she said the reason you've struggled so much in your life is you haven't full, you haven't developed your full potential 
And she's the one who's like, get back to writing. I don't care how you do it. Just just don't <laughs> give up. And I was like, I've tried this all my life. It's not working. And she's like, I don't care. You gotta write. And we did some clearing exercises with what that, that trauma that had happened. Because people right. don't really, like, I, I'm a huge fan of Tori Amos. I don't know if anyone, you know, I don't know if you know who Tori Amos is. I know who Tori Amos is. No worries. <laughs> she talked about, yeah. She, she, I watched this interview. I forget what it's called. If I remember, I'll, I'll say it. But it was really profound. It hit, it hit me a lot. A lot of the things that she said, I'd felt all my life. Um, my father was very Christian. Her, her her father was like a devout Christian, and mm. I grew up feeling like you know I was just this horrible person, and right. you know. So, she, but she talked about how she got rejected as a kid when she got th- thrown out of like the conservatory school because she didn't want to read music and she didn't want right. to do classical stuff. And they asked her like when she was in her twenties and she'd fought, just started making it. They were like, "Well, how did that make you feel?" She said, "You know, people forget." you don't get over that she was like you just yeah. you know you, you don't, it's really hard and um and she was a kid at the time so that must have been brutal but i feel like when you're rejected in that kind of way not just like i've gotten rejections from magazines that i don't know the editor they said i'm sorry right this isn't right for us and i've gotten brutal rejections from magazines that are like oh you know, good luck placing this elsewhere or, or, and I've gotten like so, so rejections, but I think the rejections that hit hard the most are the ones that come from people or places that you think should be accepting you or you think are friends or you think is a safe place. Right, right, right. <laughs> and because when you're trusting, you're, you're trusting parts of yourself when you, mm-hmm. when you put it out there and, and whether you want it to be there or not, there's a level of, you know, expectation at least with the people that you know mm-hmm. like you know at least don't be a dick to me about it like it's fine if it doesn't get accepted cool I understand mm-hmm. but don't be a dick <laughs> even the ones that were dicks I was like alright fine this guy's just you know whatever he yeah, thinks he's, he's all <laughs> <laughs> like whatever like the one that's like I, I mean, it was even so fucking elite it was just such a weird mm-hmm. it was like you expect it wasn't even like you expect it was so it was as if he was like Shakespeare dug from the grave and he was using like these fancy <laughs> words like I don't know it was like at last you pay this does not fit my needs or something I don't know what it was it was just put in a way <laughs> instead of like you know most magazines say good place good luck placing this elsewhere which is yeah. kind of like fuck you but you know I kind yeah, of yeah. but this guy was really like just not it's funny if you don't like my stuff and even that rejection didn't get to me the most the the rejections that i think hit home the most are the ones that are from from co-workers or from friends or family or people that you thought were on your side and those are really painful those are the ones that that stuck with me and that i've had to really push through that a lot in my life I think those are the people, the ones, and and for for people out there that are trying to be our artists, I'm just beginning. But you, I say, if that ever happens, just cut them out. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's really that's really good advice because you're moving. If you want to move in a particular direction, you need the ones that are going to you know support that in mm-hmm. in, in action <clears throat> and you don't have to be mean about it i mean this person right. is just defriended on facebook i'm like fuck you I'm, i don't really care what you're gonna <laughs> like <laughs> like and i didn't do it in a mean way i mean this person like literally went out of her way after this reading to attack me personally and i was just like really holy shit <laughs> yeah it was at, later at what? night i got a message saying never ever work with me again i don't want anything oh to do God. with you yeah it was just oh really my God. mean 
And honestly, it was a whole mismatch communication. But after a few years, I just was like, why am I being so nice to these people? Yeah. Uh, and and I got rid of her. And then I got I had to get rid of other communities in my life that I just felt like were not artistic support systems. And I had to kind yeah. of find my own way. And I'm glad I did because I feel like when you try to when you try to fit into another community that you really don't feel a part of, yeah. and you try and you try and you try. I just feel like you, you either need to cut them out or remove, remove yourself because it's just never going to work. And when I once I left communities like that, that I felt like, you know, this is just not for me. Yeah. Um, I was able to find other people in communities that I felt like, okay, like Valley Gallery, like, Kurt, right. you know, Kurt Lovelace and Michael Sofranco and John Compton and his group. Like once I left the ones that I felt were either toxic or just wasn't, you know, sometimes it's not even toxic. Sometimes it's just a different philosophy. Yeah. Like, you know i want to create art for meaning and some communities don't and that's fine if you want to just create art for art's sake that's great but coming as a diverse woman from a country that right now has been going through a lot of turmoil the past Mm -hmm. two years i want my art to mean something i want it to reflect something i want it to do something i don't want it just to be out there to entertain so so if you're looking for like if you want to really do like art for um activism for example like i kind of want to do then you got to find those people that speak to you or are supportive of you of what you're doing um and if you just want to do art for art's sake then you got to find those people i'm not putting any communities down i just feel like sorry no you you have to surround yourself with people who have similar similar goals like it's Mm -hmm. that's all it is yeah yeah and that's what i'm finding like i'm finding i'm finding the people that are um on the same wavelength or on the same journey or whatever like you want to like i just got um the past year has been insane i just got another um so the (laughs) stuff that was happening around last year was brutal it was uh it's called Mm -hmm. the the movement's called zen zendigi azadi woman life freedom and it started out with this Mm -hmm. woman in september 16th she was arrested (laughs) masa amini uh, for the, right. not wearing her hijab, which is the headpiece, right. <laughs> and you can get arrested in Iran for that. Then she got arrested, and then she died. Um, mm-hmm. So this movement started Zanzanigi Azadi, and I had you know some Iranian communities online that I knew people from, and I started sort of a little bit getting involved. And then this year, inter- and I'd written a, a, a poem before this happened, which is how bizarre it was. I wrote a poem called "The Basement of Tehran," which is all about like my experience as a kid growing up in the world in Iran and how like as an adult I never really dealt with that (laughs) like issue I just kind of try to repress it and I wrote a poem about it and um, this was published way before anything that happened with Masa Amini or the Zen Zendigi Azadi or Shervin Hajipur also won um, a Grammy for his song Baroya I don't know if you know that 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 song or the, what happened in the Grammys last year, but before any of this, I wrote this poem. And then when this stuff was happening, International Human Rights Arts Festival contacted me through email, like, "Oh, can we use this poem?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." Then they were like, "Oh, can you write us own poem?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." And then they're like, "Oh, can you write the intro?" Like, oh, shit. I'm like, oh my god! I just got in the deal with Kerr, and then this happened. I was like, "What is happening? I don't know." The universe is smiling upon me. What disaster is going to fall next? Because I'm <laughs> I wasn't used to like the universe working with me. I was right. used to, like, 
So that, that oh, book is called. That's called, a good. Mm. <laughs> that's right. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Your your commentary about the universe working with you, and that it hadn't worked with you before, it made me think um, that. It, it it almost makes it sound like it was pushing you in a direction and then was like, okay, now go. Like the, the funny thing is, if anyone told me five years ago from seeing the mess that I was as a human being, I literally, I don't know. Have you ever seen Game of Thrones? I I made it through the first two seasons. Okay, well, at the end <laughs> But of I get your references. Yeah, I am, I am I, uh, <laughs> perpetually online, so I, uh, I'll get it. No worries. Five years ago when I left teaching, I felt like at the end of Game of Thrones, like, you know, uh, Daenerys Targaryen goes mad. Right, All right, of right. Westeros, she decides to, like, burn everything down. And there is... Oh, spoiler alert, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Like, you know what? Don't, don't waste no, your time with the last season anyway. It sucks. Like, they put Cersei... Cersei's looking do, at a balcony... Really need just, more Nazi imagery? I don't no, think so. It was even just I, it, Cersei's like out on the back. It was just very straight. It was weird. Yeah, it got bad. Yeah, yeah. But but I just remember anyway. this one scene where this guy, after everything's like burned down, he's coming out of a house or something. His clothes are tattered. He looks like uh, like I don't know. He just is half dead. That's how I, right. felt. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I That's how bad it was for me. I equated yeah. that scene. I was like, oh my god, that's how I left the, the last school right. I taught at. And I was like, that's how I felt. <laughs> so it's very strange that you know, international human rights was like, okay, can you write us another poem? Oh, can you write the intro? And the book is yeah. Iranian women speak. It's a collection of artwork, poetry, and prose. Um, and I have the intro in it. And I start out with, this is my philosophy. And I started out with a quote from Amanda Gorman. I'm just going to read you that. Please do. So Amanda Gorman wrote, um, and I I started with my introduction to this. Poetry is always at the pulse. I'm sorry. Poetry is always at the pulse of the most dangerous and the most daring questions that a nation or a world might face. So that's the book. Um, So, yeah, it was just very strange that all of a sudden, like, you know, things were opening up. And I had to, and you're right, you have to be open, you have to be ready, and you have to just Mm -hmm. say, okay, I'm ready, bring it. Because if you just want to hide in the corner, like, I have the. I struggle with adapting this to, to my own life, but um, the, you know, the whole everything in its own time sort of thing, like mm-hmm. it's going to happen when it's going to happen. Like, yeah, yeah. And I think I, I'm glad that like if I if I quote started like I think ten years ago if this happened I wouldn't be so calm about it. I think I would have been like, a little yeah. crazier. Yeah. And I think now that I've gone through like I had a, like a little um little rising. I had like I, mm. I had speak I, I was reading with immigrants in exile, I read a cafe notary, mm-hmm. I had um read with um uh Barnes and Noble. So I had a little bit of like that wow okay i'm in the spotlight a little bit yeah but once all that faded away and i had to like regain all of that and restart all of that i feel like i've been mm-hmm. doing this for so long that it's just like second nature to me it doesn't you know it's not like oh my god like it was a first and i'm like oh cool it's just become part of like me like oh i drink water i like hey, i published a poem right, it does, right. it's not as um it doesn't throw me off balance as much yeah yeah it doesn't I you get know that. I, I'm like great that it happened, and I'm I'm like okay, wonderful. Like lip balm was a little bit like oh my god, what is it? <laughs> but, but I after a while I was like oh cool, okay, you know I, I read with lip balm, cool. So a, a few things will like throw me off a little balance, and I'm like okay, how am I gonna either top that or how am I gonna? Mm-hmm. 
be okay with being out there like what kind of image you know all that stuff comes up but like, <laughs> like if i'm really out there like how am i going to deal with all of this and can i right. just remain humble can i just do my art and can i not fall into it oh i have to do this oh she's right. how, do you, how do you remain true to yourself and all that yeah i think yeah by well for me it's a couple of different things i have a real job <laughs> so, like, like, so when, I'm, when i go to the library um and you know white place is a very kooky crazy place to work in but it, it keeps me in balance and in check like you know yeah. Yeah. i have to deal with people that are not writing people that are not trying to make it in, in the art world people that are librarians like i am so when i'm right. there i'm just you know i try to be a librarian and try in the mornings you'll see me outside singing with the kids here is thumbkin here is thumbkin you know and then i at night i go home and i'm writing my poetry that's who i am i think yeah and david harbour said something in a speech that i really like i, I don't do you know who david harbour is um yes but go ahead uh, okay david harbour if you ever get to this oh my god i have a freaking question but anyway <laughs> <laughs> Like you rock, you're like okay. Put that aside because he is from White Plains, so he might. There you go. Okay. So, but um, he had the speech about how he had told the kids, you know, Stranger Things, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I love that show because it was like my childhood. I felt like Max a lot. <laughs> like, uh, um, yeah, I felt like all those yeah. kids in different ways. That's how I, I saw myself. <laughs> but he said something that really spoke to me. He said that how in an interview you talked about how. He was happy that he got fame at the age that he did because he felt like if he got it younger, that it would have really thrown him off. You know, yeah. he was like, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> he, he, he said he came down to the grocery store upstairs from his apartment and getting like candy or something. And the, the deli, the guy in behind the deli was like, oh, my God, it's you. He was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> He's like, it's you, it's you. He's like, oh, people are actually watching that show. You know? like, oh shit! Oh, yeah. so people, uh, people saw me up there. Yeah. Huh. Cool. So I'm not to that level yet, and I, <laughs> I, God help me if I ever get to that level. But I feel like he had a point in that. You know, like mm -hmm. if you. And he, and he said he said he had to like buy his own groceries and he had to like have a regular job and he went right. through like you know all that stuff before he made it big and um so i i feel like you have to just be true to who you are and yeah. just you know and because of my zen philosophy and 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 also martial arts i feel like that's also keeping me in balance because um <laughs> whether it's sitting in meditation or like today I'm like, when I was my orange belt house and I was freaking out like freaking mm. out because I didn't know I had to break a board oh. <laughs> I, was like, I was like I've never broken a board how am I going to do this and towards the end it was either a thin board or a thick board and luckily um, I was like you know what let me just break the thick board and yeah. I thought of my ex-boyfriend <laughs> <laughs> Really motivation hard. that was my motivation but also I, I feel like if you're focused on anything whether it's that or your poem and you're not really focused yeah. on the outcome you know like the first time mm. i tried to break the board i couldn't do it and the second time mm. i did it i think that's like a metaphor for anything like you know get your stuff out there get your poems out there if it wins awards great if it doesn't just keep doing it because you right. never know when you know every artist has like dry times you know i'm, I'm on a right. highlight now but i know that at some point it might drop and that was what was happening with the rejections and the acceptances right. i would get a whole bunch of rejections and i would get a whole bunch of acceptances and then like crickets for months at a time right you know so i think i've kind of gotten used that up and up and down in the art world so i think that's how you trace true, uh, stay true to yourself that's 
that's how I think you just kind of you just do what you love and um, you try to support your you find people that support your cause find your allies find people who are understanding what you're doing mm-hmm. <laughs> again whatever community you're part of if you if if they're different have a different vision than you are it doesn't mean that they're wrong and you're right it just means that you just have to find the ones that right. have your vision that's right. that's kind of how, uh, how I feel about um, the art world <laughs> <laughs> how did you right now personally in, in my writing i'm i'm not so sure i'm i'm happy with with where i'm at and how i'm coming to things etc cetera, etc cetera. you know the, mm-hmm. the you know the what monthly fucking crisis but this one's gone on for a little bit longer than uh than my usual ones and um i don't know like do you want the funny answer or the real answer? My, my Whoa, answer. How about both? You okay, both. The funny answer is get John, hire him as your editor. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, girl, or boy, you know, whatever. Like, just get your fucking ass together. That's, you know, well, I think that's just the funny part of it. But I think for me. Hey, he's also um, not wrong. He's not wrong. He's no, not wrong. he's not wrong. He, he's doing here any complaints. He'll just be like, I don't care. Just get. What are you talking about? He, we were talking the other day and he's like, just girl, why are you promoting your shit more? I'm like, it hasn't been out yet. He's like, I don't care. Just promote it. <laughs> 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 like, like, I still haven't. I'm just coll- I'm still collecting blurbs. You know, we just still don't yeah. have the back check. Like, I don't care. Who's going to promote your shit if you're <laughs> So you hire John Compton. Uh, um, or what else? What the another thing I've done is when I go through dry periods, um, mm-hmm. I have a life coach that I work with because I, right. I couldn't get out of my funk for a long time and I had to clear away like all the negativity in my life because I had a lot of trauma in my life. So she told me, and I'm, I'm doing this now daily because a lot mm-hmm. of times I do get stuck. I, you know, mm-hmm. because of all the stuff that's been happening this year, with it's it's overwhelming, it's wonderful, yeah. but I also haven't had time to write as much. And work's gotten busier and I've been, you know, training at the dojo. So what I do now is I sit still for like five or six minutes and just ask for for a prompt. Whatever you believe on the mm, universe, sky, whatever you believe in, you just like if you want to just try it or just try to find your own way. It might be like you just need to go, I don't know, clean the garage and you, you get a prompt. Some people get ideas in the shower. Some people get ideas while they're in nature. It really depends on what your thing is. But for me, this works out where I sit for five minutes and then I'll get a prompt. And then what I'll do is record it on my phone. <laughs> as it comes out yeah. and I have a few and then I'll transcribe it and the good parts of it a couple of words here and there like you could transcribe like five pages of crap and then maybe like, <laughs> like five like literally like five or ten words and it's worth it because the poem mm-hmm. will emerge eventually it's just if you're stuck that's how I do it and the other thing mm-hmm. I do I, I, I listen like to a lot of music and I try to um, I listen to music a lot. I, I try to find scenes of films or other artists or, you know, music that like I have this one poem called The Lion's Gate and there's a lot of imagery of gold, like the golden yeah. hall, the sun. So I what I did was I went to Anglo Saxon mythology. I went nice. to Lord of the Rings, I went to the Rite of the Rohirrim, I went into um the Golden I was called the Golden Hall. Like I listened to a mm-hmm. lot of um the two tower soundtrack because it had a, that, that golden right. Beowulf Anglo-Saxon mythology and I'm not mm-hmm. Anglo-Saxon at all but I was trying to capture that image of gold and that's what came right. up to me and then when I was doing my other another poem called The Lost Tribe which is about African mythology I went to Black Panther so I, I watched nice. that scene with um, oh gosh I watched the scene 
but Chitala is fighting um, his, his, his cousin, I feel. I forget. Yeah, it's his cousin. His cousin. Um, and I think when it was winning and the music, so I was listening to a lot of Black Panther music. Right. And then I'll go like write a nature poem and I'll go listen to Laura Veers, who writes a lot about nature and space and things like that. So I'll try to find music that kind of complements what I'm writing. Interesting. And it's all over the place. You know, like my music is bizarrely like, <laughs> like I said, Lord of the Rings, you know, Black Panther soundtrack to Laura Veers. It's very, but that's what works for me. The prompts, um, in the morning at night meditation prompting and then and then reading whatever comes into my phone recording it and then transcribing it and then taking and then editing that transcription and then trying to make sense of those words and put them together Um, i like that it's 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 a a free uh what's what i'm going for um not free thought um stream of consciousness sort of (laughs) sort of writing yeah and if a whole bunch of crap comes out, which it will, that's fine. <laughs> just, just delete, just go delete those, and then find the golden, <laughs> golden pieces that Because that's what I've been. Uh, that's 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 one way. Um, other ways you could just like play around with the page, with the words. I mean, do you write poetry, right? Or yes, yes, I write okay. poetry. Yeah, so I feel like whatever. Like, I, it took me years to find my voice, and I'm still discovering, and I'm still. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to find a way like I had my little creative group this week and John was there and he yeah. was like girl I know what you're capable of <laughs> like did you go in deeper go in deeper the problem is he likes all my um, really depressing depressing stuff <laughs> but like he's true he's right you, you gotta just if something's not working and I, I knew he was right because I was like yeah I went back and looked at him like yeah you know he's right he's right this isn't hitting what I want so you yep. might be hit that's why I think having an editor is really important even though they're all pain in the ass. I'm sorry, editors. <laughs> Love you all. But okay, but, they, but see, a good editor is going to push you yes. and the work in yes. in in you know in serving the work. Like that's yes. the point. Like yes. if yeah, without taking you down, the, the point is to serve the work. Yes, and, I think. and I think so too. And and John's great at that. And then my other editor, who's Ken Valenti, was great at that too. Editor's job is to put to work for the work and not to like cuddle you and hold you say they're there it's going to be okay that's not their job their job is to push you beyond what you can do and and see different versions of realities what you could do like i had this one poem called mount fuji Mm-hmm. And John was like, "Really, girl?" He's like, "This poem's great. Like, you're gonna ruin it with that title." And I was like, "What's wrong with that?" Like, he's like, "This is a golden poem, and you're gonna just call him out, Fuji." I was like, and I went back, and I was like, "You know what? He's right. Like, a lot of my poems have horrible titles." Like, <laughs> he's like, and he's like, he, he was absolutely right. I'm like, why am I getting lazy with it? I think he was like, okay, I've gotten this great title. Is I mean, I spent a month or two weeks on this poem. It's done. Why do I have to think of a title? Like, that was my. <laughs> <laughs> but then like uh, and, and then I went back and then I, I renamed it at the temple of Kanahana Sakyaheim which is a, a Japanese you know temple and it was all yeah. about um, releasing anger and letting stillness kind of take over you mm-hmm. but yeah Mount Fuji he was right I mean Mount Fuji is right. in the poem but Mount Fuji is not as nice as at the temple of Kanahana Sakyaheim and then I had yeah. another poem called The Camp and this was a horrible experience I had as, as mm. please, okay, parents, please do not send your kids to Christian camps. Don't do it. Unless yeah. you really want to go to it. Um, I mean, just, but... <laughs> 
even just don't like find, <laughs> don't. find something else. I mean, please don't camp, do anything. that to them. I was sent to this horrendous Christian camp as a kid, bullied horrendously. Oh, I Lord. remember having it was it was one of those things where it could have been a horror film. It really could have been a horror film. It was horrendous. Like we had to listen to an exorcism at night. I don't know. Oh why. my God. I was 13 years old. We had to listen to an exorcism, exorcism at night. So maybe I'll leave one of the poems I read tonight. It that was horrendous. Fantastic. I mean, then, I'm sorry for the experience, but I'd love to hear the poem. Yeah. I'm going to put that. Cause I had that as a maybe, but yeah, I'll, 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 make, I'll make a note about it too. So this, this was horrendous. I'll, I'll definitely read that one. So just remind me, I'll do some more. I'm, I'm writing it down. Okay. So what, happened with this this poem was called the camp and um john compton bless his heart he was like girl this is a fantastic poem you're gonna call it the camp i'm like and then i said i out of like uh, jokingly i said what do you want me to call it the butchering of a child he's like perfect that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's the yeah and that's the title yeah. of the, the he's, right. he's right <laughs> he's absolutely right <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's what it's called now um but yeah parents do not send your kids to christian camp just just don't don't do that <laughs> It just doesn't work. Um, but it was it was a horrible experience. But then it gave me this way of like you know catharsis. Just to, that's the other thing I would say. If if anyone's out there and they want to write write your traumas out, write your joy out, yeah. write everything out. Don't don't hold everything in. Let that be your catharsis. Let the poetry speak to the audience. Let let that be your way of like letting go of things that have hurt you in the past or or bringing in good experience so i I write both i write you know happier poems about being in in stillness and mindfulness and i've Mm -hmm. written poems about my traumatic childhood too so that way i I feel like i have a decent range i mean i I enjoy writing the lighter poems to be honest but but the darker ones do push me to like it's not like I'm re-experiencing it, but I feel like it's a catharsis for these things to come out that yeah. were always being repressed as a kid. As someone else who has who has spotty childhood memories, <laughs> I don't know how do you, I don't know how do you pull from stuff that you don't <laughs> know. Like I, this is gonna sound weird and quirky and strange, but give, I, it, I, give, <laughs> give it to me. I'm down. Let's hear it. Uh, inner child work. Inner child uh, work. More inner child work. Yeah. yeah right. Until le- yeah, I did it with Fair. a therapist. I did it with um, my life coach. A lot of inner child work and a lot of like self nurturing. I feel like mm-hmm. everyone, every everyone on this planet has some had some trauma in their life. I feel like of course. And we've well, all I mean, experienced. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not everybody, but we've all experienced COVID. It was a traumatic. <laughs> we, we all we all had to sit home like without zombies and and missing toilet paper. Like there was a meme that says, "Okay, this is what we get: no zombies and toilet paper." So we've we've all experienced COVID. That was pretty traumatic, for, I think, for most yeah. people. So everyone's had. And then it was one journal. I thank God I did not write any any. I think I have one poem that talks about being like isolated, but I didn't write any COVID specific poems. I get yeah. a lot of people wrote about COVID because there's one magazine yeah. like please for the God of love of God yeah I sent one um, to, to a magazine that also said we are done no plagues no sicknesses nothing we have had yeah. enough yeah. of it are you done with COVID and I'm like yeah, alright y'all I mean f- fair yeah fair. no COVID <laughs> I was like whoa <laughs> what's going on there man so I think doing the inner child work um, I think really doing the root. I've, I've you know I've met people that have been really traumatized that can't see it. Right. Um, and I think going into the deeper places and the root of those traumas help. It's not fun, but it helps free you mm-hmm. up. 
affirmations help. And I'm, you know, it sounds weird and cheesy, but affirmations help a lot. <laughs> I do um, those, you know. Yeah, I, I, I have my own set of affirmations. And uh, the kid, uh, for his bedtime, he actually has uh, bedtime okay. affirmations. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, I am a big fan of meditation. It's helped me a lot. Yeah. And I had a lot of anger issues and martial arts. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> my poor sensei, he's so patient. For the first five or six months that I went to, like, trade i was just i was going in there like pissed off <laughs> i never said anything to this poor man except for, like are there weaponry classes are there weaponry? <laughs> what had happened was during covid i was really you know isolated and lonely so i went right. on these online experiences and what happened to me in japan it was the samurai class and i literally took a class with with this um Samurai, descendant of samurai, who was a swords, you know, katana expert. I took God it online. Damn. I was really angry. I was like bullied in my entire life, so I had a lot of anger, pent up anger. So I, bought no, a I katana. think that's fantastic that you got like fucking. Yeah, no, that's amazing. I bought a katana from Amazon. <laughs> so I went through this whole stage. I bought a katana. I have Sai in my apartment. If any any robber tries to come in my apartment, I hope they just look at my stuff and just walk right. Out. <laughs> plastic swords a katana by my um, tv and some sigh so i really got into this uh, trying to deal with all this anger that i had as ever always feeling like left behind or neglected or this or that or right. whatever it was or not understood or being bullied so I, I use it as my tool i use it as my um and my you know people probably think i'm crazy at work i got like my cubicle has all these like you know pictures of like beatrice kiddo are you stark like see you know, warrior like, just like don't fuck with me people just leave me alone but at, at, at times it really helped me um to come home and i feel like i'm calmer i feel right. like i'm a better person i'm more focused i'm more sincere i feel like i'm more compassionate and patient there's something about um it's not only just anger it's a body like, connection it's a body yeah. connection yeah yeah um i whatever it, it can be whatever movement um brings <laughs> brings you mm-hmm. something to yourself like um i started uh, doing that with like uh, uh weight resistance and running mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. my that's my you know hour hour and a half you know body mind connection yeah anything that makes you feel good anything that brings you joy anything that's mm-hmm. and i think you know physical exercise is really important hiking i love hiking that's another thing that yeah. keeps me really motivated um but what I really love about martial arts is like you, you're like a, I'm like a little kid. I want a prize. <laughs> like I want, I, like, like, I want my stickers on my belt, and I want them, like the next color. And like today, I was like, I got the orange one, and I, I said something like, "Oh, oh congratulations! Thank you." Yeah, I got my orange belt today. I was really, really nervous. I broke that board thinking of my ex boyfriend. Hell, <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah! I didn't think I could do it. Um, you know, but it, it, it really, I feel like for me it's been meditation like i tried yoga for a while and it just yeah. didn't click mm. um it didn't really click i do have two fantastic yoga teachers i'm going to give them a shout out uh Raquel navarro is in costa rica i met her through airbnb online and shandini rodriguez she's um through a website that i forget right now but she's fantastic <laughs> Yoga works for me as a more of like a relaxing thing, but I think I needed something to help me with all of my angst and anger and trauma and just connect me to the now. And Mm -hmm. once I picked up 
um, katana the- training. It's called Kenjutsu. Once I picked up Kenjutsu, something clicked in me within a couple yeah. months, and I I was actually getting really good at it, but I had to leave for reasons that I don't really want to go into right now. <laughs> but it's just too complicated. <laughs> Maybe later on I can like email you why. <laughs> uh, please do. I will. I, yeah. I want to know I will, all the things. <laughs> I will know all the things. <laughs> um, but I got into an in-person dojo. Um, I actually still remember a couple of the Kenjutsu moves. I don't remember all of them, uh, but I got into a real dojo and I'm like learning how to spar now. It's it's fantastic. I love it. It's I think, awesome. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, and I have a class of like four people. <laughs> it's great because you know it's usually adults, but the other day, man, I had to go in and my sensei was covering for somewhere else, so I, I got like I got put with like a five year old kid who was correcting oh, me. I was no. laughing. <laughs> no, it was fun. I was just I was laughing at it because it was just one of those nights. It was very quirky nights where it was just like the universe is like trying to test your patience and try to test it. Like, can you can you be cool? You with roll this? with this, yeah. Can you, can you, you roll know, with it? Yeah. Yeah. The bell was all about humility. I'm like, this is perfect. This kid is like correcting me. This is great. Like, you know. So it, it teaches you so many different things. It teaches you a lot about yourself that you wouldn't even think it would. So anything that does that for you, I would say anything that pushes yeah. you out of your comfort zone, I think is good. I agree. You prefer to do the more like activism style poetry yeah yes i um so this started out with uh this is a very tragic story so this started out with when i was 30 i was filling out a place um it just didn't feel you know i started i joined a zen center yeah um my teachers at the time were very gifted they were incredible you know they taught me a lot just like the martial arts touch teach it reminds me of my zen practice and then at the same time, there were these bands that were here from Iran that were performing, um, and I would go out to see them. They were really nice. I, these are the two places in the city I felt connected with, and then I felt right. connected to the Zen Center. My Both my teachers got cancer at the same time. Oh, and, and then around the same time that my teachers were dying, three of these people were murdered from this music scene so and the last thing i talked to my zen teacher about susan was oh my gosh this just happened you know this was like one of my lifelines i really enjoyed going to see this music yeah you know it was great i you know i felt like home you guys feel like home and she said she said and we had a dokusan and if anyone that doesn't know what a dokusan is in zen it's a private meeting with teacher and student it's not like confession it's more like what's coming up for you right. what's going on mm-hmm. and or they might give you a koan like a zen riddle to solve you know um so when i told her that she said make sure you keep their legacy alive and she died after that She's a- <laughs> yeah no, she said, make sure you write something to keep their legacy alive. That's what she said. She said, make sure you write something to keep their legacy alive. And it felt like a death wish, to be honest. It felt like a last, like, right. Yeah, so she died. And then I was left with this insane guilt on my shoulders or whatever. So I started writing a story about a girl in high school who was getting through her days through music and stuff. And that was the novel that never came out (laughs) of this tragedy because I was still stuck with um, the grief. I was still like, you know, I I talked about Max in the... uh, Did you you see the last season? I don't want to spoil it. Uh... Of to... Stranger Things. Oh yes, 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 yes. Okay, when she's stuck in the, the upside. Spoiler warnings for anyone else who hasn't. I guess. I'm just going to say know. when she was stuck in the upside down because yeah. a lot of people are stuck in the upside down many yeah. times. So, and um, I felt. Oh, I'm just going to say I felt a lot like her, especially in that scene. Yeah. When when she get you know you know yeah. the scene I'm talking about the. Well, uh, yeah. 
the last one? When she's or... stuck with the and the um, when we, she's we... stuck in the upside down with the Kate Bush thing. Yes, yes, that's, I'm with you. That's that how one. I All felt. Right. Yeah, that's how I felt a lot. Like you know, music was so important to me, and the yeah. past couple of years I felt like that I felt like I was just stuck in this grief and I couldn't get out and um, I think what happened is once I switched to poetry for some reason um, I was able to express these things that I wanted for a long time and I wasn't mm. so that's how the activism started it started out with that and then um, the past 10 years in Iran horrible horrific things have happened that have affected either you know people that I cared about or uh, people that I don't didn't know but I could feel their pain because I feel mm-hmm. horrible when my voice is censored here from like you know for some stupid reason and I couldn't even imagine how right. it would feel to be censored you know and jailed for wanting just to speak the truth so yeah. I've, I've had that happen to me, you know, I've, I've left jobs because of it, or I've, you know, left relationships because of it, but right. that's not my life, you know? Right. So I've had this happen to me in a mini, like, mini scale. So when 10 years ago was that tragedy that happened, that started me mm-hmm. writing, and then I got involved um, with Cafe Nottery. There's a couple of things that were going on there. And then now with the with the uh, Zens and the Yazadi that happened last year. So... Mm-hmm. I, I feel, I personally feel, and um, I'll go back to David Harbour made this speech about art and activism, I'll send it to you, how he said, you know, let's use, um, you know, he gave a call out to all, all artists, like, let's use our voice because to get out of our narcissistic, self-centered society, like, let's use our voices for something bigger. Um, right. And that, that stayed with me. Like, a lot of the things the past couple of years that I was feeling really stayed with me and then when when the and some another tragedy had happened um to somebody that i, I couldn't do anything about before right. uh for reasons that i will email you <laughs> i couldn't do anything about this and i'll email you yeah. personally what was yeah, going yeah, yeah. on Thank and i felt care. really bad it was very tragic what had happened and part of the reason why my relationship had to do with the situation because i really mm. wanted to get back into this person that I was right, and I felt right. like if I was with this person that I was in a relationship I couldn't do that it felt like right. I was being stifled in a way somehow right right um, so I chose my voice and activism for a relationship but that wasn't fulfilling to be honest it wasn't nurturing right. so that's how, that's how I came up aka you, it, yeah. I'm sorry go ahead oh so why do you think uh, poetry fills that um, that function so much more than uh, the narrative writing I think it's more focused. Um, I think it goes with the whole meditation thing. Um, I feel like when I can really focus on what I'm trying to say, you have to be very careful with what words you use in poetry. You can't just be all over the place. You can't go on and on explaining something. But one line like, you know, I'll I'll just get a line. I'll read this later. Um, One line like roasted our sins that says a lot Mm -hmm. there are ways and and you know who's good at that I'm going to give him credit again John Coffin he's always he'll read my poems like girl these are filler words you got to get these filler words out you don't need this junk you got you got your words (laughs) right here right here you got that's that's the reason again editor is really important because they help you key in on really important words and phrases and sentences and titles that I think 
are harder to do in a novel because you can go on and on and on. And I have a tendency, as you see, <laughs> on and on forever. But well, it works for me. I mean, <laughs> I'll be here for five more. Sorry, guys, I work tomorrow. I can't come. I got a podcast. You know, hey, hey. You know? <laughs> so. Don't even get me about Sundays working. Oh, God. Anyway. Uh, um, no, you have to focus on the poem. You can't yeah. You can't just go on and on and on. You have, you know, uh, erase wedding bells. That's from another poem. Like, that tells you a lot. You don't have to yeah. say, I went to the wedding and, it, you know, or I wanted to get married, but then we couldn't get... Like, you can't go on and on and on. I think poetry really focuses in on these great like it images forces, it forces you to to distill what you're trying to say yeah and i, yeah. I honestly feel like poetry found me because i always always wanted to be a novelist uh, <laughs> i really do oh yeah yeah one of my uh one of my <laughs> earlier questions uh that like uh you know how did how did poetry find you like <laughs> like because it, it it's interesting the way we've all Every, well, mo- mostly I've had poets of some um, a couple of other like creative types but um, in general all of us feel like poetry more or less chose us like there wasn't, there wasn't there wasn't there wasn't a, we didn't have a choice in the matter not that it not really. me not it really. chose me and it wrangled me <laughs> and it threw me towards like you know just all these other people that were like yeah come in and do this thing I think what happened, like I said, I hadn't written a lot of poems and I was, but right. I was, but the funny thing is, I'm going to give a shout out to one of my old writing communities in New Rochelle, New um, for the love of words, which was started by Susan Clarkson Moorhead, who's a fantastic poem. And then Ken Valenti was my editor, one of my earlier editors, they, and he took it over. So for the love of words, um, uh, was supposed to be in the beginning for poets. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, so a lot of people came in there, Claudia Nash, who's a, you know, great poet as well. She's been a big influence as well as Susan Clarkson Moorhead. Um, they were there. I feel like they were like poetry family in a way. And I must've, I must've taken some of their stuff in because if you read some of my poems, it has a little bit of their echoing in there. The nature yeah. one's definitely with Susan Clarkson Moorhead. The sci-fi one's definitely with Claudine Nash. Yeah. I was listening to these women for years and reading their poems, and I wrote a review for Claudine Nash. So I feel like, in a way, I was influenced by them without even knowing, being around yeah, people yeah. like that for a while, yeah. because they were coming a lot to these poetry groups, and I was reading their books. And so I think that's one way it got into my veins. And I was born in Shiraz mm-hmm. in Iran, which is, <laughs> Shiraz is known for like really laid back, artsy people. Yeah. And then when my mom is like, you think you're going to make any money out of poetry? I'm like, mom, I was born in Shiraz. What do you expect? Like, it's not <laughs> like, <laughs> there's all like these people that are naturally stoned they're so laid back like there's a lot of jokes about in iran about how shirazi people are lazy i'm like no we're not lazy we're just like in our little words roles so they're like very laid back it's like the, you know poets and it's like no for nightingale and wine right, right. Afez and saudi are two famous poets from iran i think the maybe by osmosis i guess being born <laughs> in the town of poetry <laughs> And then, like, being around, you know, poets in America, I was just around and then loving music, you know, I think. And I played piano as a kid, like, I would hear a song and I was able to pick it up. So I feel like it's always been in my body somewhere. Um, You know, I always wanted to express myself musically somehow or poetically somehow. Um, And I think it found me that way. And then once again, like I said, 
my with my writing, regular writing novels and short stories. Yeah, I I, I published a couple of short stories. Um, but my novel, I just couldn't really do it anything with it. And right. then one day, I was just bored. I'm like, you know, this is I'm I'm not, I'm not Tolkien. I and mean, Tolkien talked about how one day he was bored. <laughs> he was like writing papers, and then he he's like you know grading papers, and he turns his page around and he starts writing in a whole of the Hobbit, right? Yeah. I was bored one day looking at my stuff. I feel like every writer has a story like that, and I was like, all right, let me just send these poems out. And then they one of them, the first one. So the first one got rejected once, got nominated, then got um, published and got nominated for Best of the Net, which yeah. is insane. And then another poem I wrote and no, I wrote or I, I don't remember what happened, but I sent one poem out and on the day I sent it out, it got published. So I was like, all right, I guess I'm not a novelist. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to get back to that, but for now, I'm just concentrating on poetry. And when yeah. this, once the doors open, maybe I'll go back. Like I had a idea of a, of a novel um, oh. that I was I started working on, but because I've been writing poetry so much, like I feel like I forgot how to write a novel. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. That's that's interesting. Another uh, another writer who uh, who does who does both. Um, she uh, Mandy. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, I'm sorry, Mandy. I'm so bad at names. Mandy McHugh. Um, <laughs> uh, she's uh, a novelist as well as a, as well as a poet, and um, she uses poetry a lot um, as a way to access like, mm-hmm. characterization mm-hmm. for for some of her novels. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, and my but friend. The, who- there's an interesting flip. Like some people, like yeah, I can I I I have a couple stories, but I'm not focusing on them right now because right now I'm doing poetry. Um, mm-hmm. That's just where my brain is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I feel like whatever door opens you into the writing world like i i always thought i was gonna be a novelist to be honest i never right you know, same thought <laughs> you know i thought i was gonna be a novelist but then when my novel wasn't working out the poetry seemed to just and it was kind of like the two years i've written over 40 poems and most of them i think all but like three or four have been accepted and those three yeah. or four that haven't been accepted are going to be in the collection which is called um ah. shake the atmosphere to reclaim an empty moment and it's all about my gen gen um journey then gen sir oh my god i'm tired i'm not drunk i swear <laughs> i had like half a cup and half a cup of wine i'm not drunk if, you, really if you were drunk you wouldn't be the first drunk person on this <laughs> yeah, show don't I'm worry not drunk. Just really, i had like two weeks of like eating really healthy and no liquor in me so i, I could be a and you're in the this bay now <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> i didn't drink until today so, but my Zen, it's so shake the atmosphere to reclaim an empty moment. Um, it's being published by Perian Press, which is a small, wonderful company, publishing company with a Kurt Lovelace and um, mm-hmm. Michael Sofranco, who have been wonderful, um, supportive people that I've uh, been lucky to um, get mixed in with this amazing group of people that they're all so talented and incre- incredibly gifted and humble that I let, read with a few weeks ago. Um, so most of the poems were published and then it got it, the manuscript did get picked up but i don't think i could have been able to do that with a novel to be honest that i was trying hmm. to write i think just poetry just found me it's a really interesting journey thank you <laughs> well you're welcome it's been, it's been very very difficult I mean, genuinely i know it sounds yeah. like inter- interesting tends to be like a code yeah. word for like oh sure jan but no i mean no, genuinely no, I, that, that's I, really interesting my laughter wasn't about interesting it's like as if someone took a slingshot 
and took me out of the most comfort zone possible. I'm a librarian. <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not a very, I guess I am now a risk taker, but I'm not, <laughs> I'm not naturally a risk taker. You know, I, I'm just not. I don't, I don't know about that, Caroline. I don't know about that. <laughs> well, I, I feel like five years ago, I'll put it this way. Five years ago, someone said to me, you're going to be doing art and you're going to be writing and you're going to be, I wouldn't believe them. If they're like, you're going right. to be breaking boards and you're going to be working with a katana. I, I would not believe that at all. Yeah. So naturally, five years ago, I was not a risk taker. But thank goodness I've had um, an amazing life coach, coach Sinead Fournier. If you really want to be like, I don't know, rocked out of your, your comfort zone <laughs> and thrown into the universe to see what the fuck's going to happen. I highly recommend you working with this woman. She will put you through the ringer <laughs> in a great way, just like John does. Like, I, I honestly think you need those people that are going to push you out of Shake your comfort you. zone. Yeah. You need those people in your life, especially if you want to do big things, if you want to be a writer, right. if you want to be a musician, if you want to create your own business, if you're thinking out of the box, if you're not mainstream like me, you know, I I didn't want kids. I didn't want to live in the suburbs. I didn't want to have right. any of that. That was not something that is really a part of the teaching world. I, I just feel yeah, like a no, lot of people are not... Um, there's nothing wrong with being a parent. You should be a, you should be a parent if you want to. But I, sometimes I felt if like you a want pushback. to being yeah, the, uh, yeah. the the <laughs> the signifier here. Like it's it's okay not to want that path entirely. Right. And, and sometimes I I felt like oh man I'm I, you know I felt like I was being judged for not doing that. And, right. Well, you know, I mean you uh, you probably were. Everybody I, yeah, everybody yeah. loves judging people for the things they think they should be doing. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I, I feel like um, my path has been a very difficult path. It's you yeah. know, sometimes Barry, I want to recommend you go on that. <laughs> just have the kids move to the suburbs. Do that. Just do that. Just do that. <laughs> Get married. Have the kids. You know, have your two point yeah. five children you and know, your picket fence <laughs> and your three cars. Like, I, I, sometimes and... I honestly, you know, this is going to sound weird. Sometimes I wanted that life because I felt right. like that would be easier because you could just fit mm. in and just give up your crazy passion and just do the normal thing that people do. Ah, uh, but I man, want, then, then you then you end up like sylvia plath like yeah that's true <clears throat> yeah that's true it, it it's you know but there are a lot of people out there that can juggle both me personally right. i just couldn't do it i can't do it you know i struggle for mental health issues as you can tell but no in seriousness I, I i didn't think that i could have room for i don't think i would have been a good parent if if i didn't have writing in my life i think i could devote all my time to being a parent yeah. um but but for other you know personal reasons I just I didn't think it would it was for me you know? right. um, yeah like doing like I'm a I'm a lone parent myself that's gotta be yeah. tough <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about that offline too <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah it's it is sleep? A, that's what I'm, I, um, I work with people that don't get any sleep from what I hear <laughs> that is it's it's uh it's it's interesting I'm there's a reason why this why I record like after ten generally. Oh <laughs> like, yeah, that makes sense. And then um and yeah, and, uh, it's it's a lot. You're never not busy. There's never not mm -hmm. something that is requir uh, requiring your attention. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So yeah. fitting in and fitting in the writing is 
really hard. Yeah. An interesting task. And, and I know that. I mean, I, I don't know how parents got through COVID, too. I, what the, oh I, I give so much credit to parents and teachers out there. That, and then teachers and, like, you know, if you were home with a kid during mm-hmm. COVID, I don't know mm-hmm. how anyone survived that. I really don't. <laughs> We 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 lucked out. We lucked out um, through through a series of things. Like we went through the the distance schooling, like everyone oh, did. Okay. And um, but that really, really was not working out for him. Mm-hmm. And so um, I decided after seeing what they were teaching and how they were teaching it, I decided, um, well, fuck it. I'm just going to pull them out of the school system, mm-hmm. and we're going to do it our own way. Yeah, I think some people and, did that, yeah. And we've been doing homeschooling uh, ever since. Oh, good. We're so in, that's we're working, in, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, like, it, yeah. that, it, bizarrely, um, I mean, there's the horrors, but COVID ended up being kind of uh, great for us mm. as far as like, <laughs> the way we the way we were able to reform mm-hmm. what was important. And that's, that's great. I just, like, I feel like... It, it must have been such a hard time for so many people as mm-hmm. a teacher, as a parent. I, I don't think I could have done it, to be honest. I just, I, just, well, I don't do have it. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of those things where you don't have a choice. You do it. That's right, yeah. That's, no. that's, that's what it boils down to. I wouldn't have said... Um, I thought I couldn't do homeschooling until um, I you figured out that I had to do it. Yeah. And so I did. And there you go. That's, you just, that's how you do it. Yeah. You do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I feel I mean, you like you fuck up a lot. You fuck up a lot, and that's kind of the point. I mean, with everything yeah. to do anything, you have to suck at it first. Yeah, and it's I think it's really hard if if you want to do something that's out of the you know whatever norm. It, it yeah. can be at times I felt like like I said pressured by relationships or, right. or parents to to have that traditional life. Um, and there are people that can do both. They can yeah. write and can be a parent and can be a mom and can be, a, you know, all of that. Um, that's wonderful. And, and like I said, everyone's on their own right, journey. Right, right. You just have to find your own path. And that's, I think that's the most important thing. What is working for you? If being a parent's working for you, great. If being a poet's working for you, great. If, you know, you want to sit home and... You know, not work, and that's working for you somehow. Right? Like whatever, you know, as long as you're not smooching up of other people. <laughs> like I don't, you know, to me, like I don't care what people are doing as long as they're happy and they're not harming anyone. You know, right? It's it's finding your voice, finding your calling, finding your purpose. I feel like that gives you true joy, whatever that is. So that's that's a that's a nice little segue for this thing. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Um, is there a difference at all between? Like inspiration and desire. Ooh, that's a good one. Inspiration and desire. I feel like desire, like I've always wanted to be a writer. Mm-hmm. And the inspiration I had didn't fit my desire. Ooh. Um, so I think what happened is that I had to find a different inspiration, find a different path. Mm. And that's when... Like, for example, so the desire to write poetry is there sometimes right now, but I right. might be stuck. The inspiration right. isn't there. And that's why I go to the, the prompts, the sitting still for prompts mm-hmm. to come up and recording it. So that's the inspiration. And sometimes, you know, I've met people that, and not to say that, they, like, I've met people that in certain areas of life, not in writing, in other areas that didn't, that might have had the desire, but they didn't have the talent. So I think you also mm-hmm. need to know if, like, let's say you really want to 
be a writer, but you're not, you know, you, you haven't read books, you haven't really read about how to right. be a writer, you haven't really talked to other writers, then, right. and if even if you're inspired, it's it's still hard to be a writer. You have to do right. your homework, you have to do your research, you have to be yep. okay to criticism. And those people, I've met people that don't, don't want to be open to criticism, and they don't want to, you know, they want to do things their way. And they're, they might be have that desire and they might have some inspiration but you also have to have another thing there i think it's desire it's inspiration and action the mm. action has to also be there yeah yeah um, yeah the desire is there but sometimes the inspiration might be blocked right so the action is to do the prompt so I, I think, think. Y- you also have to have like the action in there. And I took yeah. a course, um, Your Heart's Desire by Sonia Choquette, which is very, very new agey, but it works, man. <laughs> like, it works. <laughs> hey, I'm not against new age. I'm not it's against very, new age. I mean, that's one of the things she says. You ha- she says you have to have your desire. You have to have your, what is it? Your passion, your desire, your action, and your, it's something like that. Like there's three, yeah. three keys. And I think that's what, that's kind of what her thing was like. Hmm. So how do you, how do you find your action each time? <laughs> I force myself or I, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> or I go to my, my, this is where the dedication <laughs> comes in. This goes, the this is where the dedication to it this comes where, in. Yes. Like, this is my, so like my life coach. And again, you know, the the dedication the the I'm sorry the action comes is that what you're asking me where, where do I find the action from? Oh yeah yeah like how do you? Oh how do yeah you, I whine like, to my wife I whine to John or my life coach and they'll like wake <laughs> me up and make me, make me do the most bizarre thing that I don't want to do and they'll force me to do it. I'll give you That's an example. Interesting. So you reach out so you reach out to to your to, community. I like that. Yeah, I reach out to people that are going to get me the fuck out of my comfort zone, maybe do yeah. shit that I don't want to do and I do it against my better judgment and every time I've done it it has given me good good um experiences now i'm gonna tell, tell you that. something that's really embarrassing but i'll oh midnight i've lost my mind so, <laughs> <laughs> so how many listeners do you have <laughs> uh nine to fifteen or so okay, i don't know all right, all right so maybe i'll wait a while before i put this on my website <laughs> So I have this major, major crush on my sensei, right? Mm-hmm. For eight months. Like I said, the man he probably thought I was a nut job. I would just go in there, not smiling. Yeah, glasses out, not going to Then this other woman comes in the class like, like five, six, seven months ago. Whatever. I don't remember how long. Mm-hmm. I've been working with her for eight months. And it was usually one-on-one, which was weird because, you know, I didn't think anything of it. This other woman comes in. And then suddenly, I'm getting jealous. I'm like, why am I jealous? What? Oh, no, Ooh. shit. Like, oh, <laughs> what a so, terrible feeling. I hate that. I hate I was like, no. I was like, no, 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 not this. I was like, then I went through the awkward stage with him where it was, you know, like a little awkward stage. And then what happened was I kept telling my life coach and she's like, well, you don't know if he's married. You don't know if he's single. You don't know if he's dating right, someone. You don't right. know if he's straight or gay. Like, you don't know if he's monogamous. Like, you don't know anything about him. Right. So she was, for three months, this woman's been like, do something, do something, do something. <laughs> and I'm like, no. She's like, you can just ask him for coffee. He invited me to a festival, to a martial arts festival. And what do I do? Ooh. I chickened out. I chickened, chickened out. out. I chickened out. Yes, I did. Caroline. And it was through the do- I know. It was through the dojo and everything it was very Caroline. professional. 
I'm fucking chicken what up. A perfect I'm, opportunity to feel things out. This is what happened. This is what happened. I was supposed to work the day, so I I, I, I had nobody. I have an excuse. I was supposed to work that day that the festival was going. I have a coworker at work who said I will switch with you. I took my time thinking, oh my god, I'm gonna look like a stalker. So oh. I didn't do the simple thing. What do I do? That's more complicated. You want to hear it? <laughs> you want to hear it? I do. <laughs> okay. So remember that book I told you about, The Iranian Woman Speak? Mm-hmm. So a few weeks ago, my, my life coach was like, well, why don't you talk to him about like conferences or Tai Chi? That's just something. Just pick something and talk to him. And right. she even sent me a link. Here's a Tai Chi conference. You're taking Tai Chi class. Just go up to him and be like, oh, yeah, here are Tai Chi classes. Like, have you ever yeah. I couldn't do it. What do I do? She's like, all right. So I asked him, like, well, what are my guides or, you know, any spiritual? It's like, they have nothing for you to say. They, they have, you have the Tai Chi. He's like, they're just sitting there with their hands crossed like going, nope. Not you're not gonna do anything, but why should we do anything? So I was like, fuck shit. What do I do? You wanna hear what I do? What did you do? So I was like, what do I do? So she's like, Well, you have their book coming out, right? I'm like, Well yeah, but that's still, you know, period press. It's taking some time. It's like, all right, well you have one book out, right? I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> she's like <laughs> And a couple of weeks ago, there's an older couple and the Iranian woman speak came out and I was really excited. I I was showing them on, on Amazon. I'm like, Oh my god, I can't believe yeah. this is this intro by Caroline. This is so amazing. Oh, yeah, and he's walking down and then we're like all excited about it. He's like, do I get a signed copy? This was like five weeks oh. ago. And then, so I, I meet stupid me. I, I am so yeah, bad yeah. at romance. I know nothing. So I sent him the link. <laughs> I took that train with a link. A link. Wait, wait, wait. But then it gets better. But then I finally, I finally, I finally signed it. I finally bought a copy. I lied. I said I had copies. I don't have copies. I fucking don't have copies. I said I had my old, my old copies of my old fucking books. I don't get copies. Sometimes we do. Sometimes you don't. Oh, it's going to make money. Anyway. Uh, so I, I went to buy one of the, anthal- the anthologies that was in, so I'm just like, don't become a poet. It's just there's no money. So, they, actually, they told us that in Manhattanville, they're like, don't be a poet, become a movie like writer anyway. So I got a copy of the book and I signed it to him and I said, dear. And I said, thank you for helping me on this journey with gratitude, Caroline. So I gave mm-hmm. him this copy two weeks ago and mm-hmm. she, I was telling my life coach, I can't do it. The, the test is coming up. I'm going to be too distracted. I can't. She's like, no, he's going to be gone for two weeks. You, 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 this is the time to do it. You do it now. You give mm-hmm. him a book and you see what. So he, I, I don't know what this means, but I gave him a book. He says, thanks. And I said uh-huh. to him, if you ever want to grab coffee, let me know. And he gave me a hug and he says, thanks. So we, I left it at that. And then I came today and it was like a really nice vibe. He was like, mm-hmm. but I was focused, you know, we didn't get to talk that much because it was a test, but mm-hmm. I feel like at least I did something about it. Yeah. <laughs> so you asked me a question, how do you do things? <laughs> you, you pay people, you, even the dojo, I'm literally paying people to put me in. <laughs> pay, if you can't do it, if you can't get out of your comfort zone, pay people, they'll make, they'll, they'll literally say to me, like my life coach, she said to me, what do you pay me for? Do you pay me for just to sit here and tell you everything's going to be okay all the time? Or do you pay me to get you out of your comfort zone? I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So I think if you don't have it in you, or if you think you don't have it in you, you need someone else to sort of guide you to get you out of the. That was the big step. I haven't asked a guy out for in 20 years. Oh, well, hey, congratulations on that. That's terrifying. <laughs> terrifying. Terrifying. And then, and then she and then she corrected me. She's like, well, you technically 
literally didn't ask him how did you? I was like, oh no. shit. <laughs> he was like, okay, no, but so, but you went further than you did last time. Yes, I could yeah. just gone to the fucking festival. That would have been fine, but no, I go. That would have been great, but I did it this way, and he said thanks and gave me a hug. I guess that's a good sign. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to interpret yeah, that either. No that's it was that's like, real okay. middle ground. It was mm. very middle ground, so I don't know. Um, and then I, 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 you know, I'm hoping that by reading that, he'll get a sense of who I am and stuff, and yeah. he's interested. I mean, I think, but I don't know, but it's just, it's also odd, because he's my teacher. This is, I'm not going to put this on my website profile. <laughs> <laughs> just in case, you know, that looks me out. I'm like, you know, but if anything ever does happen, or if I ever move on from this, then <laughs> if you don't see my website, don't take offense to it. That's I, none. I take yeah. uh, no But, but no you pay people to make you do embarrassing things like that you know to to make you get out of your comfort zone and face i've had to face my biggest fear just even joining a dojo is scary for me yeah. you know um i didn't want to like last year my life coach was like you, you know you're not in a great relationship i had to break up a relationship during the holidays which i didn't want to but it opened up a lot of more spaces for a different community that i feel like i belong in with more or maybe a right. different guy that might i don't know if it's him but at least i opened the path for a different type of community and a different type of person that i right. feel like would be best for me you know because the types of communities that i was involved in in the past and the types of relationships that i was involved in the past was not as nourishing right so i think you have to find that little voice in yourself that says okay i gotta do this and if you can't Hire Sinead Fournier and John Compton. They'll, 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 they'll make you. I literally have like I I I've done things so that she doesn't bug me about this so much. So, like, John, I'm like, hi, John. Like, you want me to change this title? I'll change it because he will not give up on it. He'll be like, girl, change the title. You know, those <laughs> those <laughs> types of relationships that push you, though, uh, mm-hmm. that's that's invaluable mm-hmm. to have people that be like, you know what, this kind of sucks, friend. <laughs> yeah. like, and they, they're like too bad they're like too yeah. bad you're gonna do this and you're gonna like hate me now but you'll love me later and they're both <laughs> always right and i fucking hate them for that <laughs> they're always right so yeah if you can't do it pay people they'll they'll love to you know kind of give you a little bit of tough one. and i think they're honestly doing it from a sincere place they want yeah, you to yeah, succeed yeah. they don't want you to fail because they're also helping you they have something mm-hmm. to lose from it too if, if john didn't push me you know he's an editor he's doing his media consultant if he didn't push mm-hmm. me it, it wouldn't look good for him either if she didn't right. push me it wouldn't look good for her either if she just fed me bullshit it wouldn't you know wouldn't look good for her mm-hmm. so i think it's also a reflection on them and how good of a coach or a mentor they can be to people too same at the dojo things have pushed right. me there that i was uncomfortable with like breaking a board like you know i emailed him i'm like i don't know if I could do this. He's like, oh, don't worry, you'll, you'll get a choice. I was like, oh, that's comforting. <laughs> <laughs> and then I thought of my, my ex-boyfriend and oh, man, did I break that board. <laughs> so <laughs> that was fun. What are you reading right now? What am I reading right now? Yeah, what are you reading right now? Oh, God. Um, poetry books that I should be doing reviews for. <laughs> wink, wink, kind of, sort of. Um, a combination of books for work that are kids' books, like a lot of, like, um, middle school graphic novel books for for work. But also I have a... I, I apologize to all these posts that have sent me books that I have to do reviews for. 
but between work and working my own i did one i did scott ferry's poetry book which is fantastic i forget the name of it i sent it to him he i think we're going to get it published but i have three or four more poetry books that i have to write reviews for so, <laughs> thank you for reminding me that is what i'll be reading <laughs> they well i'm glad i reminded you of your homework <laughs> they're gonna kill me i was hoping to get them done by may but it's just been so crazy with you know i just everything it's july <laughs> caroline <laughs> i did get okay i said may but april i did get a book deal and i had to like you know do that and i go through the process of that and then i had to write this intro for the the other book and i i, I know okay these are excuses but i will i will do it <laughs> I will, I will do it. I get to Combs and Whiskey's another, like, you know, <laughs> <I'll do it. laughs> yeah, so uh, it, it, it will be done. But those are the kinds of books. Um, I was reading the poetry book that I was reading is Aldo Amparin's book, Brother's Sleep, which is fantastic. Oh, I think he, yeah. I don't know if you, do you know that book? Aldo I, I have, it's on the list, man. Oh, he's such a, <laughs> okay. So you got homework to do too. <laughs> I do. I do. I have oh, a never ending yeah, list. It's self-imposed, but you I've know. I've been very lucky. A lot of the poets I've met, I haven't really met. So I'm going to go to AWP next year and hopefully met oh. all these people. And Aldo Amparn, such a sweetheart. Um, he sent me a book. He sent me a little nice message in it. I feel so bad. He sent me on a while ago. I will get everything done. I promise it will be done. So I started it, but I have not finished it. So that's something I have to work on. So I will be reading poetry books that people sent me to review. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> He's such a sweetheart. He really is. And uh, and I'm I'm. It's really good. I'm really enjoying it. And I have two a couple other poetry books that I have to do reviews for. Um, but the rest of it's uh, stuff for work. So oh, that's you don't I mean. have anything that's just for fun. <laughs> you don't have <laughs> to like that. Oh god! You know who sent me a book that I was looking at? A penny theme sent me this book called. Um, let's see if I can get it up. Um, gir- the Gorilla Girls that's like companion to the history oh. of Western art. Awesome. So that was something that I was I was going through that I should probably also read because she sent it to me again. Oh my god, I'm so <laughs> horrible. I talk about action and desire. And, and then there's just a stack of shit behind you. Yeah. They will yeah. get read. I have looked at it. I have gone through. I did bring it to work and I was showing people. I remember. Um, but yeah, I should be reading more for fun. But like I said, That's okay. You know, book clubs at work. You know, I, I read a lot yeah. of picture books. Books, unfortunately, I have to. Like, you know, not on personal degree. I, I, you know, I love picture books, but I, I would love to be reading more adult stuff. You know, nice. um, but this the girls, girl that side companion to the history of Western art. Um, That's really cool. Yeah, it's a really cool book, and it talks about how women have been like erased from history and art. Of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a surprise! <laughs> so, shocker. Shocker. <laughs> and the many poetry books that I have sitting here. <laughs> All these poets are gonna hate me. Scott Ferries oh, no, is done. Not. Scott Ferries is done. I sent it to him. He loved it. I think he found a. Um, uh, magazine so the others will find home they will be done i i'm gonna try to do before the end of summer how about that <laughs> i think that and, sounds great <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're all gonna kill me <laughs> so all right i think this is a good point to bring up share time share time share okay. time what have you brought okay. to us i am gonna read the butchering of a child since i mentioned yes, that one i wasn't it was not on yes, my please. list of yes, reading please. but i'm gonna read it and again, this is not um, 
against Christianity. It's just against this friggin' camp that was insane. But I yeah. still don't think anybody. Should. I feel like if you're if you have a kid, they want to send them to camp. Something like I don't know, arcade camp or like right science camp. Science, science camp. 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 Arcade 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 camp. Oh my god, I'm, I'm getting okay. my age. I'm in the eighties. Arcade camp. <laughs> science <laughs> camp. You know, STEM camp, acting camp, not arcade camp. 80s are over. 80s camp might be in there. I don't know. Do not send them to religious camps. Unless they're really, really, really religious. So, yeah, but even this was, this was my experience this camp that I really didn't like. Um, the butchering of a child. <clears throat> An exorcism recording played into the night and pews shifted. I found my prayer book underneath the bunk. I flipped open Boy's Life in secret while others hummed along and praised hymns. I bowed my head as we huddled around a campfire and roasted our sins. Wrists burst open and scriptures spilled, screams of the possessed. Trembling, we watched a sacrificial banquet hall, waiting to prepare a child to be crucified. Damn. <laughs> this is how traumatic this camp was and i remember yeah the, the part about the wrist first open and scripture spills screaming of the possessed i yeah. remember we had to huddle around a campfire and talk about our sins or something and one oh, kid started talking tough. about how his friend committed suicide and how sad he was that his friend's now in hell jesus christ yeah exactly yeah so that was that was my camp experience. So again, this is not against Christianity. It's just really against this camp that I, I went to that was very, very traumatic. Yeah. Um, so that's Holy that. Shot. Yeah. I'm going to read my sad poems and then, and then yeah. I'll end with a happy one. Um, this I mean, is you don't about, have to. I'd lo- love to hear it, but you don't have to. Uh, I think it's, it's good for me to read the more sadder ones because um, I think it's also just me being okay with reading them uh, this is called called we've brought Ap- apocalypse through the walls so it's about my breakup mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. boxed in a cubicle i paced our descent as the streets of london tehran and new york cracked the boys choir Ooh. in that crevice your absence waxed and the moon claimed my damnation in our momentary lapse we we're pulled away from the coast I slipped into minds of prisoners, felt jolts, and threw my balm against the barricade. The piano silhouette hides the barrier, spilling Tori's keys, Laura's lyrics, and Azam's voice, dissolving empty pillowcases and soiled sheets. I release our cord, erase wedding bells, and cleanse the space from our insanity. Hmm. So um, that was a fun relationship. Oh yeah. <laughs> what happened last year was that I felt that this this activism that I was a part of was not right. without going too much into detail. I could mm-hmm. offline just because I don't right, want right. to I don't want to give too much um, no, I get you. negativity, but I just felt like I was in a different place. Yeah. Than the boyfriend at the time, and I, I felt like I didn't get the support that I needed. Yeah. And I was so upset that I literally had a vision of someone being tortured in prison. Yep. That was really difficult. I'll tell you more about that offline. And then um, I went to the room and threw something against the wall. So I was really, really sad. Been there. <clears throat> Been there. Um, let's see what else you can read. I'm going to read a happier one. This is all about um, my martial arts training, specifically with the katana. 
Ooh. And um, the reason I wrote this poem was because um, martial arts started reminding me of my Zen practice that I've been slowly getting back into um, this past year. This is called. This was another one that was called. <laughs> this was called um, Kata, and John was like, "Girl, change that name. Change that name. You're not just called a Kata." So Kata went into the compassion of Kami. This was. Uh-huh. This was uh, this was uh, published by by Clinch Martial Arts Magazine. Oh my God, they're so nice over there. If you by any chance do martial arts and poetry, <laughs> send it over to Grant Young. He's a, one of the nicest editors I've worked with. This is one of my earlier publications. They were so so sweet and so so nice. Um, so this is called the Compassion of Kami. The sacred waters of Kyoto drip a bit of dharma into my crown as I bow to my katana and sensei, allowing kata to sharpen my mind and shape me into a peaceful warrior. My beloved Zen teachers wanted me to move on for I was low in key, even though I practiced Reiki. I called upon Manjushri to help me wield wisdom and find the way once again. A dojo in Japan found me through a lucid dream and reminded me of the Diamond Sutra, Shinto shrines, deep bows, the sound of the Han, as I breathe my, from my soul, pouring pure water to cleanse my body and connect earth to sky. I rise blurry-eyed at dawn and perform basic steps, Tai Sabaki, <clears throat> and review my Shukadai, layering a move wondering if I could find my balance in this world when my heart, the altar, has been empty for some time. I whisk Matuchi at dusk and wipe my katana with choji oil before bed. A meditative practice in this world where making contact has become so limited. Mm. In each fleeting moment, I perform a new kata and imagine plum blossoms blooming across the universe as a harsh winter settles into the scent of a new spring moon and this is um plum so plum blossom the the book the the center that i practiced in was an empty hand zen center and i i received jukai which is like the zen precepts and my name was literally is called bika or plum blossom so the book has a lot of reference to plum blossoms in it that's beautiful okay and i'll read how much do i have one more is that okay you can read as as many or as few oh, as you want. Uh, many is always is always going to be preferred. I will never tell you don't okay. read something. All right, so. so I will read a few more oh, until one of us gets tired. <laughs> 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 Me or you, the audience will probably like you know tune out after the <laughs> maybe the uh, girl's crazy. I don't know. Um, I think I think they're gonna love you. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> So I, I wrote a lot of, like, I, I mentioned Claudine Nash. She's an mm-hmm. incredible poet. Like, if you haven't read her stuff, she's been nominated for everything, you know. Just uh, <laughs> read her work. She's fantastic. <laughs> she's nominated for Pulitzer. I, I think she's won some book prize. I, I'm not sure. So she wrote a lot of, um, so my two main influences for my sci-fi poems are Laura Veers. Um, she's a ah. fantastic um Singer out from Oregon and yeah. uh, Portland. You know who she is? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah I love Yeah, she's uh, done. So she d- she's a big influence. My nature sci-fi poems, and then Claudine Nash awesome. for my sci- sci-fi poems. So this is a sci-fi poem. Like I sometimes feel like an alien on this planet. So this is oh, I love these. <laughs> t- taking that kind of cue. Homesickness in this stringent atmosphere. This was again 
called homesickness and John was like, hey, and again, he was right. So if you want someone to motivate you, hire John Campbell. John Compton. I'm going to tell him how much I, I plugged him. He'll, he'll appreciate it. <laughs> homesickness in this stringent atmosphere. I wear my steampunk spacesuit and wonder if the DNA has been decoded as I set my heavy suitcase aside and dream of distant planets. I have learned harsh moments can be alchemized into particles of light that unfurl from Indra's net to help us, as, mm. to help us on our ascension. I know I have found the way through sitting hours on the cushion and dreaming vivid dreams that let me, led me to take a vow as I knelt with my sword. But I don't remember if I signed my contract with a black or blue pen. If I get my memories back and regain a sense of time, maybe I can recapture the comets along the way as I wave to the solar system. So that one was homesickness Ooh. in the stringent atmosphere. Um, can I can I wreck you? Can I wreck you a poet? Yeah. If you like, um, like sci-fi and speculative type mm -hmm. uh, poetry, sorry, mm -hmm. I'm trying to. I'm. You can't see me, but I'm like. Uh, I sound funny because I'm turning away to look at my book pile so I can make sure I get her name right because I'm shitty with names. Where are you, motherfucker? Where are you? Oh shit! Don't fall down. Okay. Okay. okay, okay, okay I got it. Okay. Right. Uh, it's called uh, "Take This to Space." So oh, Leslie okay. Leslie J. Anderson. I write this down. Take this to space. Okay. Mm-hmm. She has a uh, fantastic wealth of like science fiction and fantasy all through this collection, and uh, it's it's amazing. I love it. Okay, thank you. I wrote that down. I'll put it in my Amazon list. Or, yeah. or, or people don't like Amazon. <laughs> well, I mean, another, I, yeah. I, I order used I order used books as often as I can. Okay, that's order, a good order directly as I can. You know, mm, yeah, that's like, true. Yeah. As, otherwise, it's um, you know, thrift books, and sometimes sometimes Amazon if I can't find it otherwise. You know. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, I'm gonna read a few more. Um, I apologize for my thoughts getting yes, a little scratchy. One, two, see, one, two, three. Ask the more one. <laughs> I, I run out of one. I don't think you want me drawn. <laughs> like, <laughs> getting late already. Um, so I'm going to read um, Spellcaster. This is about mm. me having to leave a group. So this was, remember how I said I found inspiration from um, different, uh, this was again a Lord of the Rings kind of inspired, um, and I use the light of Aaron Deal in it from, um, oh, from Lord of the Rings. This is about a loss that I had to go through that was really difficult. It was a, it was not a relation. It wasn't a romantic relationship. It was just a, a familial relationship. Yeah. Spellcaster. I cleared the ashes atop the altar and decluttered my fairy garden to grow. For the flicker was hidden and the words were dim as I began to awaken beneath the crescent cloth, underneath the shards. I left the circle and let the poking pitchfork splash spurts mm -hmm. of blue and purple to the renewal of my heart. I closed my eyes and let the tears drip and dreamt of the quartz crystals to pour, for the light of Arendelle appeared, and the planet smiled as I began to widen, beyond the shadows, beyond the bitter wind. I bottled up all the yarrow in mason jars mm. along with stardust dreams to dispel will-o'-the-wisp and let the moon's glow soften the ripples with the mating call of the fireflies shimmering across the water. I think Kurt really liked this poem. Kurt Lovelace from uh, right. Perian Press, he really liked this poem because he had mentioned it a couple of times. 
It, it, well, with good reason. It's lovely. Oh, I love the you. bit about the yarrow. Oh, the yarrow, yeah. Yeah. This was, I was listening to a lot of Stevie Nicks. I was going with the witchy uh, <laughs> yeah. element. So I was listening to Crystal by Stevie Nicks. I was going through Lord of the Rings scene with Lady Arwen and Light of Arendelle. So I was going back to um, the idea of, of, of witchcraft and then also the lighter side of, of yeah. quote witchcraft. That was what I was playing with. Yeah, um, yeah. You'll definitely like <laughs> Leslie's work. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. will. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then this is Particles of Light. This is another Zen. I know I'm all over the place. <laughs> like, no, it's things. great. <laughs> I think yeah. that's, I like the diversified. I think it's a good thing. I think my confessional style, like the butchering of a child, that was definitely mm-hmm. John Compton's like inspiration. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. In my head way yeah. too much. <laughs> you know? So I, a lot of the confessional styles, it's, it's primarily him. You know, it's like, also like, I only wanted to try to write like silly path. I just couldn't do it. But you know? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, this one's a little bit lighter. It's called Particles of Light. So it's the idea of what could have happened if you know right that kind of uh, you awaken to the sun's warmth while I shed my threadbare skin underneath the full moon and wait for the red crowned crane to take flight I falter through the autumn leaves while you retreat atop a mountain and embark on your winter journey seeking pure water in a venerable shell maybe you can tiptoe into a forgotten corner and spin the strings of the three fates to reveal the very first snowflake that fell from the sky. Maybe we can excavate the gears of gravity and search for the scraps of a dusty pendulum that expands in an empty room to form particles of light. That was beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. This is Pods. So this was a lot of my sci-fi poems were also written to the um, soundtrack of Arrival, which is a fantastic Ooh, film. I don't know. Yes. No, I love that movie, and, and the soundtrack puts you in this very alien kind of. So I was playing with the theme that um, if there are people here that are on a higher purpose, are they human? Are they aliens? Are they Ooh, enlightened yeah. beings? Are they, you know, what does it mean to find your path? And what does it mean to right. feel like you're you might be from an, another planet or you just don't belong. Right. So a lot right. of my poems are about alienation and not belonging and then finding the light within, whether it's from Zen or outer space or from the fairy world or from your own light. So that's kind of the running theme. Right. With the with the occasional, you know, slappy in the head kind of poem that, like, that knocks you out. So this is called Pods. And this is very, very inspired by Arrival um, soundtrack and film. I sit on a black cushion and wonder if the electric pulses I feel are light body healers transmuting energy through the crevices we have created with our breaths to make us whole again. I rest my head on a pillow and imagine if the infinite impulses I feel are silver star seed pods traveling through the spaces we have scattered with our monkey mind to make us live again. Mm. But that's that. I should probably read something from my activist work that's that's coming up. So let me skip. Not to throw you off topic at all, but slightly in line with your last poem. Do you remember the uh, the movie and the program called Alien Nation? Uh, sounds real. Oh yeah, it was it? Uh, Mandy Patinkin plays the uh, one of the two leads. Uh, okay, it is a. It is a really wonderful program, and I'm going to recommend that. Okay, Alienation. Was this Alien, really old, or is it new? It's Oh, it's old. Yeah, this, this was like it, on it, Fox it, 5. It, it was like an alien family or something. Yeah, yeah I remember yeah, this. Yeah. It used to freak me out for some reason. Like, they have, they have those like neat little, almost like giraffe-like spots on yeah. their heads. Yeah, I remember that. And they drink that. curdled milk uh, okay. instead of alcohol. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that show. Um, it, was, it was fun. It was a good time. Yeah. 
Yeah, a lot of the sci-fi. Yeah, actually, I should go back. And I think it scared me as a kid. I don't know if it will now, but a lot of my sci-fi. Oh, no, now you'll see like the whole, the whole meaning behind the whole show. You're really like, oh, this is of oh. course about immigration and oh. uh, racism, and um, yeah. So. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah, my alien poems are more about like the the whole idea of like arrival, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, that if if you know would we accept help or are they here among us or, yeah. or you know that sort of idea so i'm gonna read is it okay to read three more or read yeah of course yeah? okay i'm gonna read three more then i'm gonna end with a happy poem okay. i'm really gonna read my activism poem like i talked about it Might i as want well, to right? hear it yeah so this is the basement of tehran this is this is published in iranian women speak right. Um, right, right way before the um massa amini tragedy mm-hmm. um and they just asked if they could include it and i was like yeah, oh yeah of course Uh, to raise awareness hold still it's called the basement of tehran hold still dear child to that fuzzy blanket until the sirens stop and when bombs drop we have the space beneath us that holds still as we take shelter underneath the loud alarm and when fear reigns stop azizan smell the fresh nivea scent of your mother's hand pull closer to your mother I tug at my papouche. My childhood blanket has collected neuron memories that can be triggered any second by the latest bombs in Ukraine. Mm. I am an REM trapped by nightmares that feel any sense of peace. And as I collapse under the eclipse, I can remember the pieces of another life. A pair of damp skis and the smell of cardamom chai from Nahar lunch. While remaining a child in hiding then, and now displaced refugee in a country that often shouts, go back home. So I will process it step by step before the rumination spirals downward. Stop and assess, sense, feet touching the moist earth, smooth fingers reaching for the object before me, my gray black life straw water bottle with a wolf howling above, pine trees sprawling at its feet and mountain peaks rising towards its graceful neck. Just breathe the scene deep and rise upward from the belly to throat to crown. I allow myself to sink into the tub and inhale the scent of lavender into my lungs. I let the Epsom salt rinse off these old aches and soothe my nerves, for the sound of sirens from the basement of Tehran has been replaced by the sensation of Tibetan singing bowls. And that's the basement of Tehran. Wow. And then I'm going to read Songs of Koknus, which is all about rebirth. This is a happier one. <laughs> sort of. Sort of. I can, I can find it. We really don't write happy things. We just don't. <laughs> we just don't. Write about revolution, you know, blood spilling in the streets. Oh, yeah, unfortunately. Um, this is Kong, Songs of Koknus. So it's more, it's a little bit cheerier. I wrote this around the end of uh, winter. Mm-hmm. It's uh, about the Persian New Year, which is called Noruz, which is ah. um, from the Zoroastrian tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, and Koknus is basically like the phoenix. So it's the same. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit different, but it's similar. Songs of Koknus. Songs rise from the ashes as Koknus burns away debris of thistles and last bits of sterile soil from the chambers of my heart. The spring equinox brings Noruz as I tumble through tombs and burst from the beneath the snow like a lustrous tulip. I recite poetry and swing on wings of origami doves that allow my mind to bring back memories from the wind. 
I was once adorned in green bands, beaming up the sky with love and hope as we cheered for peace at Cafe Nottery and beyond Washington Square Park. I breathe into dandelion seeds as a turquoise egg emerges and cracks open. Donya wraps around us as the phoenix burns our sorrows so we can emerge as star seeds, bringing forth divine feminine energy. Ooh. So I wrote this as a, as a sort of um, raising awareness for what was going on with the Dandani mm-hmm. Azadi and also around from my own time of getting through a depression of winter depression and the loss yeah. of a relationship that I thought was going to last. And then I have my last sci-fi poem. So this is very different. So those two were an Iranian woman speak. Um, it's also... I highly recommend this book, not because of me, because there are these women. No, I, I mean, yes, because of me. But there are a whole bunch of people here that are anonymous, and these people have has to have to hide their identities. So their their voices are like, you know, it's a double dangerous. Ink. Yeah, yep. double. Um, it's it's dangerous for them, but somehow they they got into this collection. Uh, so it's, there's stuff here that's really heartbreaking, but it's, it's I think it's important to hear. Um, I'll make sure to link it. Yeah, thank you. And then um, A Starbeam's Chronicle. This is this is my last poem. Okay. Um, so this is more fun. I wanted to end it with a lighter poem. Uh, this, is, <laughs> <laughs> this is me wondering what the heck am I doing here and how do I fix my life? <laughs> and how do we all fix our lives? Am I an alien? Like, you know, is this a Twilight no. Zone? Uh, <laughs> so, uh. so I'm writing this as if I am an alien experiencing the human turmoil and condition. Mm. So that's, that's kind of how I, I went about this whole idea of the star being. A star being's chronicle. I thought about this book as I was floating on the surface of a bubble, human etiquette for a new world. By the way, there are so many concepts besides a why a bride never gets to relax that I don't understand. The imbalance of power, the brutality of war, destruction of our planet, and why humans settle for a life that isn't truly theirs. I decided to write my book to help humanity, A Star Beings Chronicle. I hope you get past the importance of hydration and skip the advice on first dates and flip the pages to the section, How to Measure Your Mission When Soul, the main engine of your domain, has crashed. My own began years ago, when the doors of a zendo led to a dojo. All that bowing, breathing, and blocking beckoned me to activate my DNA and work with the light body healer to serenade my cells and travel through the dimensions. I thought wishing on stars was silliness, but manifestation is not a sham. Those ideas sometimes disappear into the atmosphere, but a few are captured by comets, sent to the meteorologists, dispatched through bursts of sunbeams that pour through our pores. I also have these enchanted map cards that are quite handy as I loop back and forth through space and time, reliving harsh moments that get triggered by the mere scent of laundry detergent. When your life reboots your plans, shift out of your comfort zone, sift through the timelines of your life, lift your body to the skylights as you shed lesser forms. I know that this office desk thing was not your ideal career. You wanted to swim with dolphins and decipher their alien language or become an anthropologist and travel to New Zealand to study the Maori culture. Instead, you are feeling confined and itchy in your human suit. 
You can borrow my steampunk spacesuit and see if it fits. Maybe the titanium seeds can reveal the right chemical reaction to free your true nature so you can dance with your photons in the coasts of Papua New Guinea and smile at the yellow-lipped sea crate. And that's a Starbeam's Chronicle. I loved it. I loved everything you shared, Caroline. Thank, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And oh, you've like... been... oh, no, it's a pleasure, really. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been fun. It's completely my privilege. Yeah. Would you um would you be interested in maybe returning sometime next oh, year? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fantastic. Hopefully my book is in Because <laughs> John was like, girl, you gotta get your publisher. These things don't there just publish go. themselves. Like, <laughs> He's like, why are you in, you know, on the time? I'm like, well, you, you, know, you gotta work on it. He's like, you gotta publish it before AWP. You gotta publish it before AWP. So hopefully. Yeah. Uh, also, yeah. uh, would you be interested in contributing to the zine that I'm putting together for oh, for the yeah. guests and yeah, listeners definitely. too. Listeners too can 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 have one if they want. But I'm uh, of the year um, since I started this project. I wanted um, something physical, and well, I mean it'll be digital because I don't have the money to print it. But hey, um, <laughs> that's fine. Just let me know, but, and I'll be happy to cr- contribute. Yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, anything anything you'd like. Um, yeah, as much in as anything that you'd like to contribute, I would be. Uh, Grateful. grateful. Thank you so her. much for dealing with my insanity. <laughs> ah, no, it's been great. We're, I swear it wasn't even, it wasn't it's even alcohol. It's just lack of sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I had a hot to drink, so, you know. Um, but thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun to talk about my crazy life on this planet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you're here. I'm yeah. glad John I'm glad John connected us. I'm really, yes, I'm really I'm glad so about glad. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm thank so, you. Uh, tell everybody uh, one more time where they can find you on the internet. Oh, yes. www.carolineready.com. Some of my poems are up there. Um, there's a link to the Iranian Speakbook and a link to Purine Press um, Company and a link to some other books that are out there uh, that people can purchase. Um, I also have like artistic influences, people that you can you know check out um, that have influenced me, and um, I forget what else. And that was I got to give one more shout out my my yeah. really good friend Charity Helton. She's an amazing, amazing, talented person. She, I was you know I wanted a website. I was you know going to try to. Uh, find someone to pay for it and she made this out of scratch so oh. so she made the website charity health and she's awesome uh, but a lot of poets they were like oh my god I wish you get your website <laughs> poets don't do web design and she's you know but anyway but she did it so I'm going to give her a shout out I don't know if she'll All ever right. do it professionally but she's amazing um, at what she did so uh, www.carolineready.com thank you alright fantastic alright um, so I guess th- that's it for another uh, stellar episode yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> I swear I'm not even trying to <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much.